0: All right. this right, you're listening to episode two
1: of Tristan and Ishmael Majid's podcast, which is currently unnamed, where we talk about books.
2: Yeah, okay, that's a great intro. <laughs> that's currently unnamed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just being honest with def- our audience.
2: Definitely being cut.
1: <laughs> All right, so um, this week we have decided to cover the hunger games initially we were only going to do the first book but as it turns out we've both read the entire trilogy um you know in the break between our first podcast episode and this one so we're gonna briefly discuss the entire series
2: I'm really i'm so excited about this i'm so much more excited about this than i was about uh and murder on the Arena Express. The book that
1: you chose. Even though I
2: like that book a lot and liked that episode, this one is going to, if you have a feeling, this one's going to be something else.
1: Yes, I, I agree that I, I, it wasn't even my intention to read the rest of the series, but it's so easy to keep going that it was a very effortless
0: uh, week.
2: I feel like like the main th- takeaway we've had rereading these books, and it is rereading them because I think like most... People roughly our age, we read these books when we were both, like, 10, 11, 12. Uh, And I I think neither of us had read them since then, right? Uh, So it's been a long time. It's been years since we've sort of engaged with The Hunger Games. Even the last film came out, like, what, seven or eight years ago? So it's been kind of a long time since we've engaged with the story. And I feel like the takeaway we both have is that these books are surprisingly very, like, they hold up surprisingly well. And we enjoyed them, I feel. I mean, at least I think I enjoyed this more than I thought I would.
1: (laughs) Me too. It's definitely worth going back to. And I picked up on things that I assume went right over my head the first time I read this. Oh,
2: definitely same. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. That's what makes them. uh, That's what I like about these books. They are YA books. They're sort of geared at 13-year-olds. But... And they work really well on that level. Clearly, I feel like a lot of thirteen-year-olds just were completely absorbed by this story back in the day when it came out. Myself, roughly included, I was probably even a bit younger than that. But, uh, but yeah, they work really well as books for like tweens. But they also still work really well uh, for old people like us.
1: Yes, and also. Like, I'm kind of surprised that it was geared towards teens, because in the last book, Mockingjay, people were dropping like flies. <laughs> and uh, the the content of the people who were not dead, the things happening to them were also very explicit. And I thought would, I don't know, I, I'm surprised that it was marketed towards teens. It's,
2: they're really dark. That's yeah. one of the things I kind of liked about it, that uh, they the sort of... The sort of frank and honest look into the the sort of darker aspects of humanity and the sort of cynical take they have in a lot of cases. If, but if let's you, not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. We'll get. I think we'll dive a lot deeper into this when we get into the main bit. But I think you uh, insisted we have a certain structure to every episode, and we have certain segments we have to do, right? So.
1: Oh, oh, so calling me out <laughs> on trying to keep this thing on track. Okay. Um yes what shall we start with
0: what shall we start with
1: (laughs) oh that's right (laughs) author ishmael majid will now be giving me the author spotlight yeah um which last time you know he talked about agatha christie's life for a while
2: maybe too long you might say
1: (laughs) this time will be significantly briefer
2: because i didn't do as much research well
1: also she's not dead and she hasn't had, who knows, you know, yeah. a crazy life. So.
2: Who knows what will happen in the future life of Suzanne Collins? Before yes. this
1: episode comes out.
2: Oh, imagine if she dies. Wait, yeah. I mean... <laughs> that would <laughs> no. be crazy. No, you can't say that. This okay. is getting cut for sure.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, so The Hunger Games... Actually, oh my God. can
1: I just add, this is actually coming at a good time because... The movie, oh, yes. The Ballad of the Somethings and songbirds the Songbirds, and snakes. is coming out in November. So this Games is almost prequel. like promotional content. We're almost being topical. Yes, like we should get paid.
2: Yeah, we should, <laughs> we should get paid. <laughs> <laughs> the movie would have done terribly without this podcast, <laughs> reminding people the about... The
1: huge draw yeah. of our listeners.
2: Of okay. our five listeners, ourselves and maybe two five others. Five is you
1: know? being a bit ambitious. Well,
2: if we listen to it more than once, maybe then... Five, yes. Yeah, but okay. uh, yeah, so let's dive right in. The Hunger Games was written by Suzanne Collins. First one came out in 2008. Um, so Suzanne Collins, I didn't do uh, nearly as much research on her as I did about Agatha Christie, but she was the daughter of, uh, of an Air Force Uh, serviceman. And I believe she spent a lot of her childhood moving from from base to base, what the Americans might call a military brat. Um, And so she kind of moved around a lot. And her father was a veteran, I believe, of both the Korean War and the Vietnam War. I'll edit that if that's wrong, but I'm pretty sure that both of those are true. So the military and war sort of had a place in her upbringing from an from a young age she was always sort of engaging with these topics she had to because of her family connection to it and then after that i mean besides she sort of became a writer she wrote for television she wrote for children's television she wrote a series of books called the underland chronicles you can see them on the back of the hunger games book it'll say from the like the number one best-selling author of the underland chronicles or something to that effect
1: oh um Yes, sorry. Underworld? Is it Underworld? No, no, it's Underland, starting with Gregor the Overlander.
2: Yeah, so that apparently exists and was apparently really popular. Uh, before the Hunger Games, uh, I've, I've, yeah, I mean, I've never heard of it outside from the back <laughs> sleeve of the Hunger Games books, but I think they did really well, uh, relatively speaking. And then after the Underland Chronicles, I think her next foray into writing at least her next major one was the hunger games which obviously became like pretty much like the biggest ya book you know of all time or at least up there if we i mean if you count harry potter as ya or in twilight yeah i mean it's up there though it's in that league of of those
1: in that uh period of my life those are the four series that i think define that time in terms of like children's literature
2: yeah i think almost everyone growing up around when we did would have will have read well will have probably read the hunger games i'll i'll qualify that everyone our age who likes reading most certainly (laughs) most certainly read the hunger games and even a lot of people our age who don't like reading probably did read the hunger games as like one of the few books they read alongside maybe percy jackson and harry potter possibly or yes. twilight uh but you know it's like that that's the level of impact that these books sort of had and yeah i mean besides that i mean according to the back of the hunger games books Zen collins lives with her family in connecticut i don't know if that's still true maybe she moved she's probably super rich she has she's definitely super rich scratch the probably i mean yes. she's done great she's done fine for herself she's Sim- got
1: a new movie coming out she wrote that spin off book like last year oh like, that's right two years ago yeah the
2: book came out not too long ago yeah, yeah that probably made her another 10 million dollars or something
1: i read the plot summary of it the plot In summary of it this book, the <laughs> wikipedia plot summary it's pretty crazy
2: okay yeah it's about young president snow is it not yes
1: coriolanus yeah. snow yeah
2: anyway let's not talk about that because i haven't read that book <laughs> <laughs> um yeah this is just going to be about the original trilogy sorry ballad of songbirds and snakes fans we're not really going to talk about it uh very maybe we'll do one about it later
1: i would i would definitely read the book but i just spoiled it for myself so not anytime soon (laughs) anyway
2: (laughs) you'll have to wait to forget Yeah. yeah i mean that's really all i have about suzanne collins uh she seems like pretty cool writer has some pretty smart themes in there so
1: maybe you should talk about her inspiration for the series oh yeah okay yeah
2: right so famously she said in at least a few interviews uh that the inspiration for the hunger games which you know what the plot's about they make kids fight in an arena they put it on television okay so the inspiration for that a lot of people say it's like a ripoff of Battle Royale, the Japanese movie, but besides the like one sentence summary, they're actually not that similar um Suzanne Collins said that the sort of idea the kernel of the idea for the book came to her when she was like sleepy one night, flipping through television channels, and she kept going back and forth between like reality t v and footage of the uh then ongoing war in Iraq, so it was this combination of like, sort of uh, shallow entertainment of reality TV, sort of exploitative shallow entertainment mixed with horrible violence in war that is what inspired her to sort of combine the two. And uh, that's how you get a book like The Hunger Games, which very much highlights both of those things at the same time. Yeah. She also said that it was inspired by the myth of Theseus and the Minotaur, which you'll know... uh, that percy jackson fans will know <laughs> for instance that it uh, wait or is he in percy jackson His Is Theseus in percy uh, jackson
1: i don't think that myth is in it the thing about him the abandon- labyrinth is in it no but him abandoning ariadne or whatever her name is and yeah the, and the yarn isn't that's, that's in jason it? the labyrinth is in it the labyrinth is i in don't it. know if the like competition
2: anyway we'll cut it. this this is <laughs> this is not going in <laughs> But uh, Theseus and the Minotaur is a myth where uh, Minos, the, the king of Crete, requests that Athens send him, I think it's like seven girls and seven boys. But it's, anyway, it's an equal number of uh, young girls and young boys to be sent to Crete to be sacrificed to the Minotaur, which is this bull headed monster. Uh, and so, you know, you can see how that, you know, inspired The Hunger Games as well. You know, you're sending an equal number of young girls and young boys to die horribly uh, and due to a power imbalance between the capital and the districts, like Crete versus Athens. Anyway, and uh, there's a lot of classical allusions in the book in general, besides just that inspiration of Theseus and the Minotaur. There's also the idea of a lot of the characters have... Greek or Roman names, you know? Yeah, I was Plutarch, about that. Coriolanus, Snow, um, Claudius, Temple Smith, Seneca, Crane, um there's a lot more that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but especially the capital character Cinna, um, Portia, oh, they really? Flavius, like uh yeah. So a Octavia. lot of Octavia, a lot of the characters, especially the capital characters. Caesar, Caesar flicker, that's yeah. the most obvious one. I can't believe I forgot that have greek or roman names but were
1: their names representative of or some sort of allusion to the the myths like did they represent uh, well some
2: of them are myths some of them are real people um i think out of all of them a lot of them i'm sure suzanne had her reasons for well that's the thing
1: is like some people's names are kind of bizarre and i couldn't really think of any connection to you know draw from.
2: I think it was just more to evoke the vibe of, of ancient Rome because it also does have the the feeling of a gladiatorial arena the hunger games it's called the arena you make people fight Brutus. to the death oh yeah Brutus, Brutus yeah yeah. There, there's more, <laughs> but you don't have to think of all of them. I can see I can see you looking off in the distance trying to remember every single well, character with their Roman name. Okay, forget
1: about the Roman part. The names are just weird. Like, I want to know where she, how she decided to name all these different characters. Thresh? What is that? I think a lot of
2: the characters who are not from the capital have sort of names that are like real names, but a bit different. Or, like, because it's a future society. Right, okay. So you can imagine... In, I don't know, in 200 years after a nuclear war or whatever, the is implied to be the backstory of uh, Pan M. People might be called Katniss. Or, is Katniss well, a Well, people real? are called Katniss, Katniss, Katniss now real, because of the books.
1: I know, but it's not actually a flower or whatever she was meant to be named well, after, right?
2: I know Primrose and Rue are real. I don't know about Katniss. Could be that they came up with a name for a real plant.
1: What is Enobaria?
2: Okay, I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> wondering. <laughs> Okay, and tell me this. Why is he called Pitas? Is because she liked pita wraps? <laughs> what, tr- no, it's not. Well, he does make bread, so you never know. Oh,
1: my God. His name is Pita, <laughs> and he makes bread. I hope that's not true. I hope that's not true as
2: well. But anyway, uh, so those are sort of the inspirations, sort of a classical theme going on, um, which I think is kind of fun. Um, yeah, I think that's most of the inspirations for it. Um, anything? Can I, can I just say... Anything else you want to add? Yes
1: tigress that character yeah. was dumb just like, that's that's my only thought <laughs> i
2: was, was like we would have waited till we got to talking about well, mockingjay I, just, I
1: couldn't i couldn't help myself tigress and she eats raw meat, spelt like the river and she has a fur shop and feline appearance it's
2: just plus those chapters were maybe a bit <laughs> they kind of like were one of the few moments where the story you didn't like, like they kind of it was lay, they kind of round to a halt it's almost like a less, like a smaller version of the the camping segment of Deathly Hallows. Well,
1: let's not jump to. Not jump the, the gun. The end of Mockingjay. <laughs> near the end of the last book. The first book.
2: Yeah. Okay. Like, so that was my
1: fault. Okay. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to say before we do that, get into the first book, is you know I think we'd be remiss to not point out we sort of talked about this. These books are just spectacularly popular. Obviously spawned a movie franchise that was also quite successful. Um, Beloved by many 12-year-olds, 12-year-old me included.
1: Previous 12-year-olds who are now going on to enter the workforce. Yeah. Contributing to society. Enter the
2: arena, so to speak, of of trying to enter the workforce. Um, Yeah, but... they were so successful that like we were talking a bit about this before we started that like they Hunger Games essentially created a whole mini genre of young adult dystopian quote unquote books where you had, you know, your Divergence, your Maze Runners, your well, I guess. That might have been it. No, there was more. Those were like the only ones that were successful enough to get like their own terrible movie adaptations made about them. To be fair, of the books, I've only read Divergent, the first one, and thought it was bad. But anyway... <laughs> or not even
1: bad. Maybe it's bad, but it's just at the very least, derivative. So derivative. Yeah. It's like,
2: it's a little too much. Yeah. And also, like, the world building. Yes. In I, Hunger I Games... The
1: world building in Hunger Games was so uh, thorough. It was quite good. It really felt realistic. But then it turned into, oh, how do we create a dystopian world yeah that's just with dystopian. like a gimmick with a gimmick, yeah. like
2: some stupid gimmick like hunger games it's it's obviously quite exaggerated right it's, it's' It's like an exaggerated almost stereotype of what an oppressive system would be like, but you could see you can you can draw parallels to like real world regimes and empires and so on that had like an exploitative relationship with outlying regions say um but there I, I, like there would be no reason why you would organize society based on people's personalities i can't They're
1: a singular trait <laughs> like it doesn't
2: make any sense how that would ever happen yeah yeah so that's i don't know i feel like none of them really even got close to matching the hunger games and quality none of the other ya dystopias
1: yeah and that was one of the things that i was surprised about how well her world building held up when i went back to the series like at my age now is um you know i was i was impressed by how real it felt um even though obviously that scenario does not exist it it felt like very well thought out you and could kind of imagine
2: level. you could imagine maybe after a catastrophe something like that happening
1: and it wasn't glamorous like it's a minor district the other districts are equally you know pragmatic like fishing and agriculture like it it there was some level of thought put into how a government could function in this way without it just being like a i don't know some like fun simplistic uh world built by like a 15 year old who's like
2: trying to come up with like an edgy dystopian like divergent does sort of okay i'm not going to rip on divergent the whole time (laughs) but it does sort of feel like like a 15 year old who loved the hunger games and wanted to write their own version of it right because you know organizing the world by resources is something that like a tyrannical regime might do maybe not quite to the extent that the Capitol does it, but fine, it's a book for 13-year-olds. You know what, though? Give it some slack.
1: When the, uh, when the, when the, uh, districts started rebelling against the capital it did cross my mind that you know what uh yeah if uh, one district goes on strike and they're cut off from all of their food supply yeah that's actually a pretty good leverage to hold over the capital <laughs> all the food
2: comes from district 11 basically in 10 anyway okay so i think this is this is a good segue into i guess we'll talk about the books themselves we'll sort of go through each one And then talk about maybe the overarching themes that we thought were interesting. So I guess we can start with the first one. Okay. It would make most sense to do that. Sure. So The Hunger Games. Okay. 2008's The Hunger Games.
1: After reading the full series, I did like, and and I watched the movie The Hunger Games last night. So this is fresh in my mind. I like the simplicity of the Hunger Games before it spirals into the rebellion and all of these kind of larger scale things. I really enjoyed um, just experiencing, you know, what they believe to be an average Hunger Games that's no different from any of the others. So that's just my initial thought with this book.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I I'd say that it's like the first one, I think the thing you can give to it I think it's a lot of people's favorite. It's not mine. We'll see which one my favorite is later on. I like all of them. Just going to say that first of all. I liked all three of the books quite a bit. And I think they're all similar in quality. But I know the first one's a lot of people's favorite. And I think the reason is that it's just the tightest story. Also it's, it's
1: new you're being introduced to a lot The idea is fresh of yeah.
2: what oh what are these Hunger Games what's the capital what are the districts I just think it's like the the tightest most self-contained story whereas uh the other two uh you know yeah they they get more complicated and you couldn't maybe
1: just jump into them
2: You couldn't without having read the first yeah. one and And I think that the first one, what it does really well, besides just being well-organized, it's like, I love how the books are all organized so, like, almost mathematically precisely. They're all three parts. Each part has nine chapters. So it's three parts split into triplets of three chapters, which is... Very interesting. All three of the books are like that, and it's a trilogy. So there's something going on with Suzanne. She loves threes. Multiples of three. I think she said it was based on writing for television and plays or something. She was used to writing in a tight structure like that. And the first one, the, the structure works the best because it's like the first part is before the games. The second part is during the games, essentially covering Katniss's... Alliance with Rue up to Rue's death. Spoiler. spoiler alert. Well,
1: I, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for the for, for everyone. Did we say at the beginning no, we're going to assume yeah, everyone's I, read these books? Yeah, but we are going to assume that, and we're going to be like going through non chronologically. You know,
2: the book's fifteen years old. Come on, the book's fifteen years old. You've all read it. Who? You know.
1: Yeah. Don't worry about. Don't worry about spoilers.
2: Especially not now that we've made it very clear we're going to be spoiling yes. every major plot point. Yes. Or at least the ones we think are interesting. Um, yeah, so that like the first part is before the games. You know, you get to know Katniss in her life. I think even like the first three chapters are like before she goes to the capital or something like that, or maybe
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. It, it's, it's like, like so well organized. when it starts. Yeah, she is hanging out a little bit, then she goes to the reaping. Yeah, and then she volunteers. Yeah, I, and then I her time
2: agree. in the capital, meeting Haymitch and Effie and Cinna, her interviews with Caesar, uh, the style, the stylist training, all that sort of stuff, and then yeah, yeah the second part is sort of the games, sort of with rue as her ally as that part of the arc and then the third part is her with Peta, uh and the sort of the the quote fake end quote romance how fake is it I, I think that's the
1: weakest uh part of the book personally
2: but uh, yeah i think can, we
1: can get to that but, no i think you're right yeah. some of
2: the chapters with them did drag a bit just just a bit <laughs> just a little bit uh she's always sort of taking care of Peta. Because uh, yeah. he gets injured and whatever, that's fine. I don't mind that aspect of it. She's she's the tough one out of the two of them.
1: No, but I, I just found um, goes on th- a bit. Those ones were all about their bonding, like for the cameras. They're
2: fake, but is it fake romance? Yeah, they're romance.
1: fake, but is it fa- fake romance? But I just
0: uh, I don't know. I I
1: don't I don't love the 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 scene where she was, or like the the chapter where she was talking about coaxing him to eat berries with with kisses and stuff like that i was like are you serious she's been like skinning squirrels and like living this like super tough town providing for her family killing people and now she has to like kiss this guy to get him to eat a berry like it's the
2: hardest thing of all
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know and
2: she has to kiss this guy who she's not even really sure if she likes. But see, you know, I, I, that sort of ties into the sort of romance and love triangle aspect. There's not really love it's triangle. I
1: would agree. A long shot. I agree.
2: I think the love triangle between Katniss and Peta and Gale. Gale. <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite major character. Oh really? Of the mate ma- of the major oh, of characters, the ma- oh, the yeah. Three. Of the three, even of like the ten. even of like the. 15 major characters, he's my least well, favorite.
1: okay, another thing about the first book is Gale is mentioned he's constantly. Barely, he's mentioned. And yet Gale is a character for maybe three pages of the entire book. He's in chapter you one
2: really, and that's about it.
1: You really don't care about him in any way. That's other the than thing. Knowing how Katniss is always thinking about what how he would react to this or that and their experiences hunting together. But yeah, he's hardly... He's hardly a participant in the love triangle. He's stuff. hardly a
2: participant in the story before Mockingjay, basically. Yeah, I mean, I guess something happens in book two. We'll get to it, but yeah. I, so the you know the, these books famously have a love triangle between Katniss and sort of sweet boy Peta and and sexy bad boy Gale, more or less. I'm saying it like that because <laughs> oh, I agree I that it's the weakest part of the series, especially on a reread. Uh, I found myself fine fine I, I, it, I was, it was rolling my eyes. It was difficult to care that much, except that I really wanted PETA to win because I like PETA a lot as a character. Yeah. but besides yeah. that, I didn't even care that much about the but i I can I can admit maybe for utilitarian purposes, you have to admit the love triangles of factor probably a big factor in the success. Of the story
1: okay the thing is i don't yeah like i would agree but i think that the weakness of the of the book is that it almost felt like sh- her editors or some someone at the publishing house was saying you need a love triangle could in be, order to make this appeal to a ya audience
2: it could well be that. and
1: without that it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be ya like it's it's a compelling but she wanted to. Story. I think she
2: wanted to write it for a young audience. I know. She but wanted I think, to expose I
1: it. She didn't necessarily seem like she needed this love triangle to be in it. It sounded it, like it's extraneous to the plot. Or it could have been if she had written it like that.
2: You could have honestly. I feel like you could have the series with no Gale, and it would not be, <laughs> no, <laughs> would be no, no. Much Gale is different.
1: Good. Gale is fine because he is wow. her life before the hunger games he represents that a bit what could have been okay he's a good partner for her regardless of like romance they're good partners you know yeah but what does he do like <laughs> <laughs> he, he feeds her family while she's gone
2: sure but like Peter's dad also said that <laughs> he would oh do that. yeah
1: he did actually no
2: I, you know you're right I, that's maybe a bit far i just think he's not i don't like even like hate him or anything i just think he's so boring
1: I I think that he's also annoying because in in mockingjay he's like all on edge that Katniss is talking to Finnick and bonding with him so much. Yeah. Bro, there's a <laughs> Bro. war. You're trying to win a war right now. And he's like, oh, he's Katniss is talking this, to though. Finnick. He's very touchy
0: <laughs> about both, that. They're both like
1: extremely mentally unhinged after being in the Hunger Games twice. And, yes. uh, oh, they're getting a bit too close. Like, yeah, it's that's, true. Get over yourself. When Finnick
2: is well. Okay, well, we're getting way ahead of ourselves with that.
1: But no, I agree. The more I think about it, the more I'm like,
2: He's a bit damn. sucky.
1: He's sucky. He's, and boring. And he's sulky. He's sulky. He's always, he's like, a, unhappy for some reason. He's a character type we've Katniss seen before. interested in him, like, that much.
2: Yeah. He's a character type we've seen before, the sort of brooding guy that's kind of not that interesting. Spe- PETA is a lot more refreshing.
1: Speaking of, um, you know, YA, like, love triangle stuff that made me kind of roll my eyes in The Hunger Games, specifically the, the first, first one. one. Yep. I have a quote that... Um, Illuminates this point pretty well. Okay. The, um, the quote is her talking about Gale.
2: Her being Katniss, who's the narrator yes, of the series. Yes, yes. The first person narrator.
1: Okay, the quote is page 112 to 113. I just dot dot dot, I just miss him. Does he miss me? He must. This is the kind <laughs> of thought that she has about Gale throughout the Hunger Games. It's so cliche and uninteresting why do we care about gail's feelings in the first one
2: you're like who even is gail i barely care know him? about
1: what gail's gonna feel watching her and pita kiss in a cave they're chastely, they might die chastely yeah. in a cave
2: like they like these two might be killed like who cares about gail
1: yeah and also he <laughs> must know that she's pretending to give them a good show why does he care Like, yeah. shouldn't he care more matter? that his
2: friend like doesn't die anyway yes good point uh yes. I I think we've spent enough time as much as I love it ragging on Gale. <laughs> um I could I will probably do some more of it later, but I think I let's move on to some of the things if you're done with the love triangle for now. I think we've talked about the main points of the love triangle. It you know, it's serviceable and you know yeah, I the understand. The 13-year-old girls I, loved it and they were the main demographic. Yeah. So from a utilitarian perspective
1: okay, but that it helped
2: popularize the books, I'm fine with it. No, I'm but, fine with it. Okay, the thing even is, if I didn't love it.
1: I I feel like it wasn't even like did people love it? Did they love it? I, I think, think
2: the 13-year-olds loved it. I
1: think that they tried to feel as passionate about it as they felt for... The Twilight World. Yes, yes, for Jacob there were, and Edward. There was Edward. Team PETA and Team Gail. They tried to do that, but I don't think it quite caught on. Because there was so much a, more interesting... It's not as significant. There's yeah.
2: so much more interesting stuff in these yeah. ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, I and, think
2: they and, did. Yeah. I think people cared. I think a lot of young, like, sort of tween girls were pretty into, into it. I don't know about you. You maybe not, but...
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember it mattering that much,
2: I feel like people like were posting internet comments when they announced the cast of like, this guy doesn't look like how I imagined PETA, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. So I think they were pretty invested in those boys. The
1: same thing with Finnick is everyone was like, oh, I love Finnick. Finnick is so dreamy. That just felt fabricated to me like that's that's people wanting to find him so dreamy and them intentionally casting like the dreamiest possible guy
2: oh well, yeah but, what else are you gonna do i
1: know but after reading the series i don't find him like this dreamboat guy when you know i out do love finnick actual but,
2: but not for that reason i do personality is <laughs> i do love finnick as a character but yeah not because he's sexy though he is but,
1: i i know but, in, but... <laughs> the, in the last in the last book he's not sexy he's he's no. crying constantly he's like having a breakdown it's all it's the time just like katniss like, a lot of
2: a lot of crap
1: yeah and and she like has understanding and uh you know ki- like she's kind to him but it's because she understands like the mental hell that he's in he's not he he doesn't really have any of that uh seductiveness that he no oh, yeah he, he, he
2: sort of is deconstructed as a character nice way to jump ahead to mocking oh, again. Sorry. i yeah. was gonna so uh another thing i was gonna say about the first one and we'll say it here i mean it applies to all of them but in terms of like the style uh, the style of the books, they're famously written in sort of first-person present tense, Katniss I, I being would the narrator.
1: I monotone. First person.
2: Well, I, I so you, you get access to Katniss's thoughts and feelings. Like you just said, you, you just read the passage. Yeah, where she I goes, know. But is he missing me? That was so I terrible, so. though. That
1: fell out of character. But anyway, okay. No, because
2: most of her thoughts are a lot more cynical and hard-nosed and like, tough, <laughs> tough, like, I'm a tough chick, you know? <laughs> yeah. I grew up on the mean streets of District 12. <laughs> like, that's the attitude she projects for most. And, 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 and the narration is also, if it's very conversational, like... She'll have, like, almost like a conversation with you. Like, she'll go, oh, like, I don't even know. Uh, I'll admit it. Okay, fine. I admit it. I, you know, she'll she'll literally say things like, okay, I admit it.
1: I guess you're right. But for some reason, the narration comes across to me as, like, a deadpan person well,
2: she is a that you know, kind of a person.
1: Like humorless.
2: That's her character.
1: No, I i agree, but it is interesting now that you're like using all these examples, she does speak in like a pretty colloquial way and she does Very share her interiority. She does. For some reason it doesn't feel like she does, even though she totally does. Well
2: Yeah, it's in that's that's an interesting point about Katniss is as a character. I think that's the stri- that's what I was gonna say I uh appreciate about the style is that it does really ground you in Katniss's mental world. Like it, it is very effectively, you totally, like her as a narrator completely gels with her actions in the story.
1: You know what though? I I also think that, you know, watching the movie was a little weird for me yesterday because I am so familiar with her voice that I feel like Katniss as a character pr- uh, projects almost nothing. I feel like it's all internal but she kind of stays this, like, cold bitch throughout the action. Actual- like, outwardly,
2: I, I dare feel you say like that about she, She's like
1: she keeps her composure a lot more than uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I-, I think. Like, she's not as prone to, like, random smiling and, like, you know. Like, I think she keeps it very tightly.
2: Oh, she- I-, I agree. I think... And I think, so
1: her narration gives that impression that she's not giving people on the outside much to work with. I think
2: Katniss is a very guarded character. Yeah. I think she's very reluctant to be vulnerable physically or emotionally. I think her hard Scrabble upbringing has molded her into being a very pragmatic, survival oriented, you know, somewhat, yeah, like you said, closed off except to a very few select few people a sort of person. She's pretty cynical. She'll almost always assume uh, cynical motives in other people and, until rightly, presented.
1: Rightly so, though. From, for it's everyone like except
2: park. for PETA, yeah. yeah. For everyone except PETA, it's pretty much true. She'll <laughs> assume cynical motives for people uh, because that's how she herself thinks. She's a very pragmatic, she's a survivor more than anything, I think and being emotionally sort of somewhat guarded quite guarded i think is part of that oh
0: i i have a
1: good uh, i have a good quote uh for um her introduction as a character something that impressed me about this And I read. This is from the first page. Yeah. Well, no, not quite. Actually, no, I think it is. But it's uh, John Green in his interview. In in, (laughs) in his review of The Hunger Games, he also picked up on this. Okay. Okay. In his review of Hunger Games. Did you read John Green's review? Yeah. Nice. It it is that. Yeah, for the first page, it says, she says, of Buttercup. Which is like, who's a cat, by the way? She says, of the cat Buttercup, Prince.
2: Her sister's cat.
1: He hates me, or at least distrusts me. Even though it was years ago, I think he still remembers how I tried to drown him in a bucket when Prim brought him home. Scrawny kitten, belly swollen with worms, crawling with fleas. The last thing I needed was another mouth to feed.
2: Right, so, the last thing I needed was another mouth to feed, so she was gonna kill this kitten in cold blood. Yes, yeah, so what I. And I she was like she, 10 at that point. What
1: I loved about this character is literally save the cat (laughs) is about saving a cat as like a character defining moment as an introduction for a character and instead (laughs) she's doing the opposite kill the cat that's nice introduction to the character that's good but as insight into you know her survivalist attitude her pragmatism yeah um, but also her responsibilities to others like how much responsibility she has at that age to provide for her family and
2: the willingness to go to violence
1: yes like for other people or for her own uh well-being
2: because i think that's another important part about katniss um i I think katniss is a great protagonist i love i think she's one of the best like ya protagonists there is She's,
1: she's definitely the least annoying Like, she's not like, oh, woe is me. She's quite real. Like, she she takes action in a way that's very, like, it just has to be done. I'm just going to do it, even if it's gruesome or messy. She's
2: complicated. Yeah. She's not an uncomplicated figure. You know, she does a lot of very questionable things throughout the series. Starting on page one, (laughs) when she was trying to drown a kitten, she also does kill several people over the course of the book
1: and, and that one killing that stood out to me was the capital person when they emerged from the sewers in mockingjay and she immediately
2: immediately shoots that. an unarmed civilian and yeah. kills her
1: a woman eating a sausage yeah that is her <laughs> only crime
2: yeah no it's true so she's you know she very much is a person who lives by violence and it comes to her easily i think in catching fire she says something like it's so easy for me to turn deadly you know she, oh, really? it's something like that, something to that effect. Uh, cause, and she, you know, she's like considering. Uh, I think it's when she's considering like shooting Finnick in the back, which oh, again, well, like that's right. she's, yeah. oh, she's, she, it's that pragmatism, that survival instinct, like, yeah, to protect herself and the small circle of people she cares about. She is very much willing to do whatever it takes. She's, you know.
1: Like she'll dirty her hands.
2: Yeah, she's okay with it. And that. does she does? She's not morally pure in any way. She does a lot of very questionable things, which is good. It fits the tone of this very dark, violent, and cynical book series to have a you know you know uh, a a not a not an imperfect hero.
1: Yeah, but they don't take it too far, though. She's no, still, she's not like she's still like protects innocent things like her yeah. Sister well, she has she a two.
2: lot of sympathetic qualities too. Yeah. The, the, the protective big sister aspect is probably her most admirable quality, how like fiercely loyal and protective she is of people she cares for, you her know, sister I, especially.
1: I, I felt uh, a little bit like um, like Suzanne Collins was kind of getting ahead of possible criticism of Katniss with, you know, how Joanna in Mockingjay hates her so much yeah and and her reason for it was like oh you're you just are so innocent and you have this like weird like moral
2: yeah because she's quote-unquote pure but she's not though i mean
1: like like, i understand what she means though by like oh you're so righteous she yeah you're so high-horsed like that kind of fits for katniss because she she definitely has a code that's it like bad people no mercy yes but if you're innocent she will try not
2: she'll try uh, unless you're eating that sausage
1: Unless you're eating that sausage. But that's a capital person who, in her books, is already corrupted just yeah. by being a capital person. It's
2: true. I, I think that's fair. That's a fair... She, I think she's a person with a code, right?
1: Yeah, like, in, even including the... She's um, got her own, the, like... The, the attack on the uh, the pyramid thing? The nut the nuts. You keeps yeah. skipping forward to
2: Jay. <laughs>
1: but the attack on the nut, she's the one with the problem with with uh, attacking all these people. Yeah, trapping who, them to die horribly. Even though they were the ones who deployed, you know, all the all these things to her. Yeah. In District Eight, she still doesn't have. She's not okay with like killing them without giving them a, a chance to fight. She has
2: a sense of of decency of what's right and wrong. Like she like her moral code. Is is like she definitely has it. It's like it's bred of the sort of her difficult, poverty stricken upbringing. She has the sense of if 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 I owe someone, then I owe them like for life, and that's the thing she repeats right. often. She doesn't
1: like that, she doesn't, she doesn't like, like do it,
2: but get. she but she sees it as something that it doesn't matter if she doesn't like it. You know, she will repay debts. That's like a, an attitude bred of like the you know, grinding poverty of her district. Like if you, you know, help someone out, then they'll come help you out if you're starving later. Yeah. Um so she she's she's a person molded by her upbringing, I think. And it, she had a brutal upbringing. That was very gruesome. And so she has to be she has to be tough and willing to you know, willing to inflict violence sort of to survive, like even hunting. She has to feed her family by killing animals and she says something like how how different could it be to kill a person and then she goes well of course it's all the difference in the world but she does it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's she's clearly been molded by her environment into the person she is. Very strong yet can only take so much. Yeah. flawed but with a lot of positive traits, you know. She has a sense of fairness. Um, and to and again, to her small circle of intimates, she's extremely loyal and protective. She's great, very complicated character. Uh, I love that about her. She's not simple. You can't sum her up in one sentence.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we just did, but
2: uh. <laughs> <laughs> we summed her up over like a long time. I think it's <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's true. I I really like Katniss as a character. I was I, I wasn't ex- I wasn't sure how much I would. Often the main character in series like this is a little, you know, like Harry Potter, say. Harry's <laughs> probably the least interesting main... Yeah. Ma- he's not bad.
1: It's true. It's true. I guess he's bland.
2: Yeah. He's but, not he's yeah. not terrible or anything, but he's probably less interesting than Ron or Hermione, say. Um,
1: yeah. The thing I like about Cadness is, like, she's not precious. No, she's not. And, and the exact opposite. And a YA protagonists usually are. Like, she's... so squeamish about murder she's like very that. much not what they, about what they have to do she has a very like her approach is like it just has to be done and i'm not going to think yeah. too much about it and i'm going to feel bad about it but there's almost no time to feel bad about it until it's done pragmatic
2: survivalist yeah yeah
1: and, and that is it's so removed from you know the kind of people who are usually 16
2: she's like the exact opposite of bella from twilight yes, essentially exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: And, oh, actually, another thing about Katniss that I, um, you know, really noticed this time around was how big of an influence her father was on her Yeah. his death. It really, it carried through all three books, like, her memories of her father, the things that he taught her, um, the trauma of his, like, violent death. Yeah. Um, it was, like, very impactful for her.
2: Well, it made her who she is because she had to become the provider for the family after that. Yeah, Shit, but that's... I
1: just, the movies don't really go into that as much, no. which they can't, because he just kind of flickers through her mind all the time, like, in bits and pieces, but, um, like, I really got a sense of, like, how important he was in her life, even gone, she still is, like, taking advice from him, and yeah. thinking about his, his personality, and him teaching her songs, like, he is a very large figure in her life.
2: Yeah, yeah, he sang that Lord song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> The what Lord song? The
2: hanging tree. Didn't Lord write that? Oh, didn't no, Lord no. do the version for the movie? I feel like she did. Oh,
1: really?
2: Cut this out if it's not true. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. I, mean, I think even, I Lord think Jennifer Lawrence is the one. Well, she
2: probably it. sang it, but I think Lord maybe came up with it. Came, came up, up with, with the, melody the melody and the, it's already written there was some lord involvement in the mockingjay films
1: i know but i think it was that maybe. she curated the soundtrack maybe, she did, sure. maybe sure. she did something she else maybe she did something else she did red no she did green flicker beat or red orange <laughs> yellow flicker beat whatever that song was oh, i don't she even did know for it
2: okay this is all gonna cut i
1: know <laughs> <laughs> but actually that was a haunting the Hanging the tree, tree song and and the the themes that it brought up that she then returned to like the lyrics of it I loved that aspect of Mockingjay I thought it was really interesting. Because she like you know how she almost goes into like a professorial analysis of the song where she's yeah. like oh but in the third stanza even, yeah. even more disturbing was at the first I guy. thought
2: that the dead yeah. <laughs> murderer was the creepiest guy in the world but then she feels like she is him in yeah. a sense
1: and and she starts to kind of the, the lyrics are like flitting through her mind later when she's like are you are you coming to the tree yes she's thinking about luring Peta or Gale or whoever to come with her somewhere
2: dead to die
1: oh really
2: well anyway we're really jumping ahead <laughs> to mocking Jay a lot okay, but you can uh, just
1: paste this into I'm not gonna do that
2: but I do discussion. I do like that but a uh, few more things about the first book you mentioned how she's always thinking of her father mm-hmm. that again that brings back another strength of the sort of the narration style that I like besides being conversational which uh, which is a way to, like, engage readers, especially sort of younger readers, I feel like, which is the yeah. goal. Well,
1: it also is direct, and it makes it more readable. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, yeah, the conversational style is probably the most accessible way. And these are so re- readable, we both yeah. said. We both sort of tore through these really quickly
1: yeah there's no separation between like the reader and like what's happening on the page it's like yes you the pres- don't even really notice like taking in the words it's just happening
2: the present tense helps there too i think because yes, it makes oh, it so immediate yeah it makes it such a you, you're 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 anticipating what's going to happen next like this is happening right now anything could happen especially in the first one which is the most sort of action-packed
1: i thought you weren't a fan of present tense we're not
2: um no that's a that's a stupid thing to be against the whole tense.
1: Oh, I, I thought that you were like against it.
2: I don't know. Maybe I said something in grade nine <laughs> as a joke <laughs> that I was against present tense. Oh, I think it works really well here, though, for these like sort yes. of thrilling, no, uh, gripping books that it lends a sense of immediacy to the action. I think it works perfectly. So I I think the choice of the the style uh a lot of people might rag on it cuz it's not particularly what like literary or whatever well, it's not but literary and it's it not, fits it's,
1: it's not stylistic either like it's no. not there's not an obvious signature of her writing style but uh, yeah i But like it fits too. the story perfectly. And also it's utilitarian the same way that katniss thinks which is just direct and yeah. uh not no frills. It exactly Fine. no frills grocery store. Oh
2: god. <laughs> <laughs> no name. <laughs> but uh I was also going to say about book one, which we're ostensibly talking about first, (laughs) that...
1: Despite my efforts to jump ahead.
2: One thing that was, um, you know, a bit different uh, this time around compared to the first time I read it when I was like 11 or maybe 12, was that, and I think this is true just in general with engaging with art at this age compared to 12 12 years ago or whatever, Uh, I found a lot more scenes sort of emotionally moved me than did the first time I read it. Where I was, you know, when you're 11, especially like when you're 12 or 11, you're like, oh, I'm going to cry in a book. Oh, I'm not going to cry in a book. I didn't cry this time. But I'll admit that I almost did a few times. Uh, I think the Rue's death scene really got to me a lot this time.
1: Rue's death, yeah.
2: It didn't for you?
1: it got to me the first time i read it and so it's the opposite well this time i was more like analyzing it you know i i wasn't as swept up by it but i do agree with you that the other scenes that previously i thought were kind of benign were like more loaded this time like which ones for you like um when well this is catching fire now but when uh sorry um but oh, oh actually no no i okay i have two you yeah. okay, uh, one... won from the first one. Okay, fine. The one in the Hunger Games when Kato
2: oh. um, is being yeah.
1: mauled by all those dogs yes. for hours yes. until like the early hours of the morning mm-hmm. and she finally kind of mercy kills him and they describe him as like, some sort of like grizzled slab of flesh that, that was be, that used to yeah, be him. Uh-huh. Oh my god! And yeah. the fact that there's no victory in it, and that he has been reduced to that, and he was this like killing machine, but now yeah, he was built he's up just this the book. pitiful. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that was disturbing. Yeah. No, I compl- sure.
2: I completely agree with that. Like,
1: and 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 also like she she was numbed, even though the moment that he died. There ceased to be like a, an opponent for her and PETA, and they they've you know ostensibly won the Hunger Games. Right, she felt no. Yeah, relief, she doesn't feel any no happiness
2: or elation yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah,
1: like that was a more powerful scene to me. Like the the way that that book even just wrapped up, like the end of the book, and them having to do all the press and her like. Like trauma after it was just very interesting how numb it it all was anyway, yes,
2: no, I agree i I think that scene was really great and and one it it ties into another thing I wanted to say I thought was very strong about the first book that uh they really made it so that all the tributes uh even the quote unquote sort of bad guy, but that's not even true, like the ones that you might position as an antagonist in the story like Cato. They all have moments of empathy, like yeah. that, or even when or they're, um, they're Glimmer Glimmer is killed by Thresh and Kato is begging her not to die. You oh, know, yeah. it's it's very like he's a he's a person. He's like a sixteen year old or what, eighteen, whatever. He's at most seventeen or eighteen. He's a young person. He he's just in this situation. Maybe he, sure he volunteered, but he didn't really know what it was going to be like. Uh, and you know, and and I I especially like the scene where Katniss. Uh, this is just after Rue's death scene where she, well Katniss, Rue is stabbed with a spear, impaled by the boy that from guy. District 1, Huey. Marvel. Oh. We learn later that his name is Marvel. Oh, that's right. Um. Oh, Glimmer was District 1, wasn't it? Uh, I f- I forgot. I don't I, I, know. I said something it's wrong. Hunger Games fans don't come at me <laughs> <laughs> for getting the name of the District 2 girl wrong. <laughs> I think I did though. Uh yeah, but so so the boy from District 1, Marvel, kills Rue, and then right after, actually before Rue even dies, Katniss kills him by shooting him in the neck with an arrow. He's described pulling the arrow out and then drowning in his own blood which oh, yeah. is a very frank description of violence that, again, this is our hero who's doing this. And then later on, she thinks about how her and Gail were talking about how it couldn't have been that different to kill a person than all the animals they've killed. Uh, she says earlier on the page, she's thinking about the boy. She says, then I realized he was my first kill. Later down in the page, she says, I hear Gail saying, how different can it be Really? Amazingly similar in the execution. A bow pulled, an arrow shot, entirely different in the aftermath. I kill the boy whose name I don't even know. Somewhere his family is weeping for him. His friends call for my blood. Maybe he had a girlfriend who really believed he would come back. But then I think this part is interesting, this next part. But then I think about Rue's still body, and I'm able to banish the boy from my mind, at least for now. So it's an interesting passage because it gets to the sort of contradictions in yes. Katniss's character and I think in the themes of the series. Because at first, she's thinking, like, this is a person I killed. He had a family. He might have had a girlfriend. He had people who loved him. Uh, and I killed him quite horribly. Then she thinks, oh, he killed Rue. So it's okay, maybe? But then at least for now, implies right. that she she can't. That doesn't yeah work. like
1: she can't afford to view them as pawns in someone else's game until she has won that game and they're eliminated as immediate threats.
2: what's well, the idea of like she killed them in revenge, and at first, revenge makes it feel okay, but it can't right. forever and like, she
1: knows some part of her knows that it that it's not
2: that it's not true. nothing can actually make it okay, yeah. Like obviously, she had to like what position was she in, but she was forced into a position where she had to do something that you can't really say was okay, and no matter how you look at it, like none of the deaths of the children in the arena are anything other than a tragedy i like I like that especially I like the the little two sentence paragraph after where she's trying almost to justify it to herself, but she kind of can't, and it's like it it the motive of revenge for violence it's like trying to break the cycle of violence, which I think is a very interesting theme that a lot of the, the books go into. Jay really picks up on this theme a lot. I know we both, we both are talking about <laughs> Jay, but I thought that was a pretty standout moment. And it gives some empathy to a sort of minor character that could easily have been cast as yeah. a villain in a less mature story.
1: Well, it was. it's interesting how um, in Catching Fire, she has to go to his district and then she kind of is aware of the... You know, what What reason would they have to like her? They have every reason to hate her, and therefore the districts remain separate and against each other instead of the capital. Like, yeah. that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like Where when she learns his
2: name was Marvel. She didn't even know his name at that point.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think, like, that was an interesting motive um, for the Victory Tour as well, because... None of the people in each of the districts, except for her own, are going to be happy that she won.
2: Maybe 11, but...
1: 11? Which one's that? Brew? Yeah. Oh, no, they're not going to be happy. Remember how she... I like, mean, it doesn't end Brew's well. Brew's family are miserable. Thresh's family are miserable. Like Definitely doesn't not, end well. They don't want to be seeing her, though. They want to be seeing thresh or rue sure you know like they have to stand there and like applaud her like, she had
2: moments of solidarity with both of them
1: that you know what that was emotional when they um did the sign to her like yes, the three finger fingers sign not to jump
2: ahead to catching fire but <laughs> to jump ahead to catching fire i agree that that moment where they went where she gave the speech about rue that uh I'm not going to quote it because I just read a quote but where she talks about you know how everything beautiful reminds her of Rue like that almost got me choked up as well
1: yeah although you know when you think about Rue as a character she had maybe a Tread very carefully I know but (laughs) but Katniss was only with her for like one night and then she died
2: like that's even more sad
1: just they had they had so little time That uh, like I don't I don't love Rue. I just I'm just sad at at the at the loss of her. Leave your own house, please. I don't love Rue. Leave your own house. Because you know what? No one loves Prim. No one loves Prim or Rue. They just represent innocence and Mm. like a child.
2: Rue's more likable than Prim, I would say.
1: A little bit, but I mean,
2: I was totally
1: three lines. I
2: was totally devastated when I read that Rue's death scene. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, even more so than spoiler alert, Prim's death scene. That kind of didn't, that didn't get to me as much. Well, even there was
1: no, there was no like last words. To, like there was no, there was no uh, like glamour or like romance to to Prim's death at all.
2: Yeah, it yeah. just, it's just. Uh,
1: you I didn't know. even see Prim dying. She like, just you, explodes. Yeah, like she just explodes, and then the scene is over.
2: It's more important for the. Well, no, it's not. I mean, Rue's death is is also just pivotal for the story. Really, I mean, because it sets off Katniss giving her passionate, off the cuff sort of speech to Rue's family um, you know in 11, funny? and that sort of is the main sort of spark in the Catching Fire uh, rebellion. Oh, you know? well done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the uh, that one, uh, for some reason, the Hunger Games that I was reading, um, the page where Rue and Katniss are. Like, finally reunited, like, or not reunited, but that when, when they first her? join up, oh, when they first um, meet, was ripped out of my book.
2: What the hell? Yeah,
1: like, the, the, I could only read like three words of that page, um, and then the rest. See, that's was why gone. you don't like <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's why I guess they had some incredible establishing dialogue before you didn't even they... <laughs> get to the <adore>. door. <laughs>
2: you had her best scene took, taken out,
1: yeah. yeah, no, yeah, it I don't totally, I really know why.
2: Totally, that scene left me a total wreck emotionally.
1: Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> Yes. I mean, that's not an unpopular opinion. No. And I, I agree. I, I probably felt that at one point. It's well.
2: interesting that we had the opposite thing where when I was 11, I was like, oh, okay, what? It was just a book. I'm <laughs> not going to feel anything. I'm not going to feel well, anything from a it's book. It's
1: probably because that, that you had the opposite reaction.
2: Yeah, because, now I don't care. Yeah,
1: before I was like, oh, now, now I can see like how she did it. But I already felt sad back then.
2: Yeah, you'd already cried yourself out. About you. <laughs> I hadn't yet. I had to do that last week. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I mean, anything else about book one yeah, specifically? I, th-
1: I thought so. I thought so. Um, oh, yes. Okay, so my pet peeve. Okay. My pet peeve for this book was the punctuation. I found very... Oh, a lot of
2: one-word sentences.
1: No, not, not even that. I found it really like juvenile and um, you know, like in... Creat- the creative writing program, you're told that doing stuff... Insider knowledge, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're told that stuff with like, excessive punctuation is like a cheat.
2: So what do you think, too many commas? It's like a
1: crutch. No, not, a- not too many commas. Too many ellipses oh there are a lot of ellipses marks, like yeah. um rhetorical questions like rhetorical
2: th- questions can't be that bad right that's a um, style thing but I agree with exclamation
1: you know what you're uh, right you're right rhetorical points. questions is okay and also they can be done well if it's like especially stylistic. if it's a
2: conversational sort of stream of consciousness narration like this book
1: I just okay I want to just but I agree one thing exclamation really... marks should
2: be very sparingly used yes, I agree
1: so this is on page 117. Uh, Katniss and Haymitch are talking to each other, uh-huh. yelling at each other, more like.
2: 117. So this is uh, before, just before the games, I guess? Um, yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. And um, this is a conversation that they have. I'm going to point out the exclamation points. Like, I'm going to say exclamation points <laughs> yeah, just it. so that you can understand how many there are in this one exchange. Okay. <clears throat> Katniss says... But I don't want them to! Exclamation mark! They're already taking my future! Exclamation mark! They can't have the thing that mattered to me in the past! Exclamation mark! <laughs> hey replies, "Then lie!" Exclamation mark! Wow. Make something up! Exclamation mark! <laughs> that is one, two, three, five consecutive exclamation marks.
2: Yeah, each sentence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> nice. yeah. This is when they're preparing for the interview, then, yeah. I, is guess, that, I guess I guess it's I think is. that's I think that's what that means. I think that's when she says that. They Unless can't.
1: this is a quote from Lie makes Katten something fire. up.
2: No, no, I think then Lie makes something up is what he says. It's
1: definitely for the yeah, the Caesar the interview. Flickerman interview.
2: I like him. I like Caesar. You know I Flickerman. actually do
1: too? And and the thing know he's interesting, complicit. Cat yeah, Katniss actually like it's interesting how with some capital people she doesn't really hold things against them. Like no. Cinna she loves and, Sina. and also her stylists. Um, the prep she, team. She hated the prep team a bit though. She didn't hate they, them. She was know, like, like they're they, ridiculous. They they're like, like pets. kids. They're like yeah. pets. She said. But she did hold it against and they, they them. They sort of
2: say microaggressions to her. Yeah, from and like time they they
1: talked about like really tiny little things as being so important, but they're like flippant about her having to go into the games. She hated them in that moment. Yeah. But then I remember she had a beat of understanding or forgiveness for them, where she was like, "Who knows what I would have been like if I had been raised in the
2: camp?" i mean well in mocking jay anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway those characters anyway yeah but for
1: caesar like she really doesn't consider him much because it's just like every context she says something within, like he helps them he, out. Yeah, he, he tries to help us out. out he 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 makes them look good and he like makes it easier for her to like speak by doing like most of the work or whatever
2: i think that's true i mean he's a he's an interesting character he doesn't get you don't really see a lot of him he's
1: not really worth talking about i guess
2: but he's a complicated character cuz he's compl- he's obviously super complicit with the system he's literally a fixture of the system whereby these kids who he talks to all die or at least most of them but yet yeah he seems to have something he's able to empathize with them well, anyway, maybe when we talk more about the whole theme of the sort of uh, entertainment, we'll, we can talk more about him. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. So, should we talk? So, I want to cover two things: PETA as a character, and also, yeah, the entertainment. We can
2: talk about, let's, let's do PETA as a character, and maybe we'll do entertainment near okay. the end because it's in all the books quite okay. a lot.
1: So, um, should we do Name That Chad for Hunger Games at this point, or should we do them all at
2: the um, end? One more, I just wanted to say one more thing about book one which okay. was I think that they did a really great job. I think the best job out of all the books in highlighting the sort of the inequality between the districts and the capital because we get such a nice look at Katniss's life. And then this is before she has her mansion in oh, yes, and, yes. And Catching Fire. So we really get a sense of her, you know, in deeply impoverished life in District Twelve, and like just the way that she like describes the food they eat yes, in the capital. I was or like gonna
1: say that too.
2: Hot chocolate, how mind blowing hot and, chocolate and how is! Rich,
1: it's so rich that they are almost like throwing it up after they eat.
2: I mean, that's in Catching content. Fire, but yeah.
1: No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. That was in um, when they first get on the train. Peta and Katniss are eating these rolls, dipping them in hot chocolate, yeah. and then they both look green. Like because they've eaten so much. Because yeah, like they're they can't really hold down
2: catching fires when they actually drink the stuff to vomit. Yeah, yeah. but they don't drink. They it. don't. They're but, just but they see other people do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No,
1: I I totally agree with that. And also, I think that the the fashions and the accent yeah of, the crazy that's fashions. described like it's it's the, she could have just said um oh like that she had tons of eyeshadow and makeup on but yeah. instead it's like more extreme more eccentric and yeah. strange they look like freaks and yeah. i think that's and one like, of the they strong Tattoo their skin and
2: like tigers your favorite <laughs> yeah. character i was
1: thinking octavia's green skin she's green and Cinna's uh <laughs> golden uh well, like Cina, eyeliner Cinna's is a lot
2: more subtle than, no i know than but i just
1: they're unconventional things like beauty procedures it's not just it's garish yeah but so but, but it's, it's, it's like over it's the definitely top it's fictional. decadent it's fictional though
2: it's de- like decadent to a degree that we even even us yes who live lives that are much more similar to the capital yes. the inhabitants than to katniss's we even we can say that's a bit much, but yeah, overall, that's what I mean. Like
1: it heightens the the juxtaposition, or like the sense of something being off, or it like highlights the the commentary.
2: Well, it's interesting that she gets us to empathize so much with Katniss and the districts, when, like I said, <laughs> we're essentially the capital and we're in oh the no, real we're, world. We're literally
1: watching the Hunger Games. As entertainment.
2: Yeah. No, but in the real world, I mean, like, I mean, like, countries like, like ours, like, she's American, uh, oh, countries I like see. America, Canada, Europe, so on. We're the capital. And there are people whose lives are more like that of Katniss's in plenty of countries in, like, Asia and Africa and South America, say. So, it's, it, you know, we're the capital, yeah, you know? no, it's true. That's us. I mean, we're <laughs> obsessed with, with, uh, shallow entertainment. We're, uh you know indifferent or try not to think about how most people have it so much harder than we do
1: yeah well if you if you want to look at take the, food for
2: granted yeah plenty of people don't
1: the the meta commentary of the hunger games even existing as like a piece of entertainment is that yeah. by consuming it we are just as bad
2: <laughs>
1: yeah we're the people that are uh that are criticized in these books.
2: Yeah, I mean Jennifer Lawrence wasn't actually almost killed, but <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean kind of funny though?
1: <laughs> well, just the fact that we're watching we're, we're watching a to the death uh, battle royale arena scenario even though it's fictional like that is what There's we're watching something entertaining. for entertainment. It is entertaining.
2: Yeah. Violence is entertaining to people. And
1: competition.
2: The books interrogate that like fighting violence this sort of stuff is entertaining to us even if we know that it's wrong. For, it's it has an allure
1: it, it's actually very interesting that the thing that inspired uh suzanne collins was partially reality tv yeah because now that i know that i really understand like the choices hu- she's made with it's the a huge series. part of the books yeah like katniss is so much less um you know she's branded as like a soldier or like a rebel but she's a lot closer to like a reality star who's or like a you know she's the spokesperson she's the mockingjay which yeah. is like just a a mouthpiece or like a, an ornament of the rebellion like she's she a propaganda never, she never really had like a position of true military power or no she didn't
2: like that. no yeah
1: she's just like a symbol and she always has been
2: that's right i mean that's i guess it's a pretty good segue into book yeah, two I if you're so. <laughs> if you're okay with going to book two yes because that's when that part of the story starts uh catching fire the second book sort of is a bridge between the first book which is about the hunger games literally and
1: but there's also pretending in the hunger games as
2: well oh sure there's a lot about that about the entertainment caesar's interview and and having to please the crowd or, whilst or in the games to, yeah having yeah. to kiss
1: Peeta and having to one like, kiss is on one
2: show. loaf of bread or one bit yeah. of broth what was it or yeah. also
1: like the fire being deployed in order to draw her closer to her enemies in right. order to make for more interesting more interesting stuff television cuz if they're all just living by themselves like doing their own thing
2: or the watch. laying the wreath of flowers around Rue so that even if they don't show it it's yeah. like defiant you're not supposed to be that yeah. showing solidarity in public like that
1: mm-hmm. but to go back to catching fire
2: yeah so it's like yeah. the bridge between a book about the Hunger Games literally and the larger story about uh how a rebellion starts uh, against the capital by the districts. And, um, okay, unpopular opinion time. Maybe. Okay. Catching Fire, I still like it.
1: Oh, oh no, I agree. But Snoozer. it's my least
2: favorite. Yes, it's my least favorite of the three. I
1: agree. Okay, I was I read Hunger Games so fast. Catching Fire, I read about half of it really fast. Then I felt a lull. Okay,
2: so that that's yeah. almost exactly the same with me. I read like, I read the Hunger Games rereading it in like two or three days. Catching Fire, I read, yeah, the first half, essentially up till the point where they announced there's going to be another Hunger Games and she's going to be in it again.
0: Yes. Basically
2: up till then, I read the part before that fast. And yeah. then once they had been like, so guess what? The story <laughs> is going to be... The same story a yes, second time. Yeah. That's when I sort of stopped. Yeah.
1: And also that was where the the book the series could have gone really badly. Like Mocking Jay, you know, is is of a higher quality than
0: Catching Fire. Fire but yes. it
1: could have been way worse than Catching Fire. Because yeah. if it had just been okay we're going back to the arena it's another hunger games that would have been terrible if it had been a
2: third hunger games that would have been the worst Or or just like
1: if if the second hunger games had been what it advertised itself to be that would be terrible as well yeah like the fact that it was actually a cover for the um rebellion and like the other people that's good i'm glad that happened
2: no so i i agree i i really do think that there's a lot of good stuff in catching fire uh that we'll get to but I, yeah, my fundamental problem is the same as yours. I, I don't think it had. I don't think it had to be. She goes through the Hunger Games again. I don't think that had to be the story. You could have easily written it differently. Like, I would have liked to see a story where she, her and Peeta are mentors now. That would have been interesting. Yes, I would
1: have been. And also, it was derailed before you even figure out who could have even possibly won. Like the the Hunger Games. Well, no one wins. Sec- no, I know, yeah. but that's what I mean. Is like you're not even invested the same way that you are as a reader in the initial Hunger Games because it doesn't even see it through. Like it's only... It's a a smaller part of the book. Yeah.
2: Smaller part of the book, uh, so you get less time to build them up, less time to be in the games. The games themselves are fine, uh, but yeah, I don't know, something different. Even if she was going to be in the games again, I thought, Maybe it would have been interesting to maybe have Hamich with her instead of Peta uh, if they're oh going to do the quarter quell thing to change up the dynamic a bit
1: I was so I was actually fascinated by Hamish in this one because you yeah. learn more about how he got to this position of like the sad drunkard like yeah. cynical just like Katniss and you're like oh wow how did he turn into this and what are his true thoughts and feelings so that was interesting when they were watching the tapes of all the previous victors but again, it felt a little bit like a it felt more gimmicky to me than than previously. Like it didn't, they didn't have to show all of the victors' to video. Like it so, was, it was interesting, but in the way that like fan fiction is interesting.
2: So I, I really think that it is just that one. It's a big problem at the core of the story. But almost everything else, I there's a lot I liked. I like, for instance, you said the scene where they watch Hamich's games. That was one of my favorite scenes because mm-hmm. it, like you said, it really, yeah, it shows, you know, how he got there. I thought that was, that might have been my favorite part of Catching Fire, yeah. like when you see his games and how he, you know, he had that sort of similar to Katniss, almost that pragmatic sort of street smarts, you know, I don't know if street smarts is the right way, but like a pragmatism, like a, an intuitive intelligence, yeah. right, where you could figure out how to use the force field to bounce the axe. Yeah.
1: And also the fact that he was only fourteen, and yeah. he looked very attractive back then, and clearly they're implying that now he's like a wreck. He's a he's
2: an old <laughs> bum, basically. Out of shape yeah.
1: Like <laughs> super, yeah,
2: super. Yeah. Well, he's an alcoholic. It's yeah. fair to say. We didn't talk about Hamish at all up until I know, now. That's I know. crazy. Oh, oh. He's one of my favorites.
1: He's definitely, Woody Allen, by the way. No, no, not Woody, Woody, Al- not Woody Allen. Not Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Okay, you have to cut that. But Woody- I'm not cutting
2: that. Woody Allen.
1: <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Um, perfectly cast, I thought. He's, oh, he's a really man. good Haymitch. Oh Yeah, I, I and, think and he was like, really good in the um, movies. Yeah, like I like that kind of soiled, like that look of like, He could have been, like, this blonde, blue-eyed, heartthrob, but he's, like, soiled.
2: Yeah, no, (laughs) he's, yeah, like, he had so much potential. Yeah,
1: like, his hair, you can still see the blondness in his hair, but it's all, like, overgrown, and he's, like, got... Even
2: though he has dark hair in the books, but okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, Katniss says he looks a lot like me. He's from the same part. He's from the seam in oh, District 12. Oh, I like 12. that,
1: too. I like, He's got I like gray how eyes, eyes and Gil dark look similar. I like how there's a similar look, like yeah. a hardened look among them all. That's among like, the seam specifically.
2: Yeah. Whereas her mom's from, like, a richer family. Well, not rich, but, like, better off like in PETA. District 12. Yeah,
1: like a, fam- a family business. And they're business.
2: blonde, like a lot of people in the mayor's sort of area. Yeah. Yeah. But they say, but it, and it makes sense because there's a lot of parallels, like Katniss and Hamish
1: intuitively yes. oh, are very similar. They, they have a great relationship, I thought. Um, not not actually much affection for each other no, at all. No, not really it, affection, but, but like understanding. They understand each other. That's what the, yeah. the, the movies also couldn't really convey that because you can't, because that's not what an audience wants to see. Not an and, audience
2: of twelve-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: or like a movie-going audience wants to see them warming to each Bit other. They have a
2: warm fuzziness. But they,
1: there's not that pretty much at all. Even, even at the end of Mockingjay, it's not really like that. But they're still no. they acknowledge that they are, you know, together till the end. Yes, like they are in it together.
2: No, exactly. They're they're they understand each other intuitively because they're so such similar people. They think similar ways. Clearly, Hamish has the same sort of pragmatic survivalist in him. And, like, cynicism. Because they have a similar upbringing. Yeah, and yeah, cynicism. Yeah, hatred
1: of the, of the capital.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's just been at it for so much longer. He's, the sort of, the energy's gone from him.
1: Yeah, and also, like, the fact that they're both conspiring to protect PETA. Yeah. Even though that...
2: Even though he doesn't really he doesn't follow actually, through. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, I love the scene where she wakes up after... Um, like the games in catching fire very
2: end you fall mean? apart yeah mm-hmm. and then
1: um where she and haymitch are like tearing each other apart she's
2: she scratches his face yeah, yeah. and like
1: they're screaming terrible things at each other and i think there is a line where she said i can feel that haymitch wants to tear me apart but he can't because i'm the mockingjay or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. and it's like they they are not they don't like each other they, they see they
2: see the worst parts of themselves yeah but they the under
1: that's why they are the only two people who really can communicate without speaking and even yeah. at the very end in Mockingjay. Oh my God! Save talk, it for Mockingjay. I know, but <laughs> like, when they talk about possibly introducing a new Hunger Games, yes, yes. he intuitively understands that she says yes. He
2: goes. She says, "Let's see how much he really understands." reason. Yeah. yeah, she goes, "Let's see how much he really understands me," or yeah. something like and
1: that. And like, I like that that doesn't have to be explicitly stated at that point because we know
2: at yes. that point. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I think Hamish is one of the strongest characters. Like he's, he's har- He's simultaneously hard to love and easy yeah, to I love know. at the same time know. you know which is it's crazy how i think the character work is really quite strong yes, in yes, these books I agree. most well, of the major characters are, are really well defined and most of them are quite likable th- or hateable i think if that's the goal
1: it's the fact that he, um he takes himself seriously as their mentor like and he doesn't really once they show once they seriously. show that they've
2: had to have some fight in them when she tries to stab him yeah right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but like not even but like beyond that he he's like truly invested in he really does what care for them. them yeah yeah and there is a scene in the movie that's not in the books where he okay. sees katniss's burn and then he kind of fixes his hair and then he goes to like shmarmy talk to the capital people yeah and that's how he they imply that that's how he gets sponsors to like send her the medicine. Right. And it's a good um it was clearly fake step in storytelling to convey, like he's actually putting in an effort for them. Yeah. Without them being there and seeing it.
2: He clearly was. He got them a lot of uh of you know, he got her the sleep syrup in the first book to knock Pete out to go get the leg medicine and all that. Yeah. Yeah, He's he clearly is on their side, even if he's very difficult as a person because of his deep traumas I,
1: I think it's uh also like a good detail that he always sleeps with his knife
2: and he always swings it when he gets <laughs> yeah, up. when he wakes
1: up yeah, yeah. but it, it it's like he's broken from he's broken the same person. experience that they had and they understand each other through that now like forever yes
2: I you know? agree yeah
1: and and i really like to jump ahead again jesus christ <laughs> I, I like how he doesn't um he doesn't change and fix himself no. like he stays a drunk
2: for the yeah.
1: Till the end. He's because you can't just undo all that trauma.
2: Like, Let's see, he the,
1: doesn't, he, he is, he is sober in District 13 because he has to be.
2: But as soon as they go back at the end, yeah. Yeah. He starts and, buying alcohol again. There
1: was some sort of, there was some line that I actually found really good where it was like, Hamish hey, raises geese until his alcohol runs out yes. and then he leaves as well or like something. Lucky the geese
2: can take pretty good care of themselves. Yeah.
1: Like, it's such a good, <laughs> it's such a, like, haunting Ending because it has that same numbness, like in tone. That the he previous, hasn't
2: really changed had. at all.
1: Yeah, but but I th- I found it so so much more effective than if it had just been like, oh hey much much tends finally to finally got now. he finally
2: got sober. <laughs> he finally
1: like he's married, settled down. He comes over in and the movies. The is it true that in
2: the movies, him and Effie like? become romantically involved or did i hallucinate I that
1: they kiss but yes but it's as like a yes like it was nice to know you sweetheart like, okay like kind of thing. so i didn't
2: hallucinate it no that's crazy that no. does not happen in the books
1: no but i think they show like that was when they're about to say goodbye because they're about to go back into the arena for the second time right and effie's like i'm so sorry and she's like crying a bit because she her her facade breaks for a second, and yes. she's like, "I'm so sorry about this." Or she whatever. was very
2: well done in the movie. I yeah. remember
1: her look was like her look and the, and way, the way she, she talks. Spoke, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. That's that's why
1: it's fun to watch the movies because it's that like...
2: that is mahogany.
1: <laughs> I love that part, yeah, and that wasn't in the books. No, yeah, at all.
2: One of the few. One of the few. Good additions from the movies. Well,
1: actually, no, there's a lot of good additions. Like I, I scenes really with snow liked, and uh, you needed like really skilled costume designers and like set designers and stuff to come up with the to visualize the world, and they did it. Yeah, the look, well. the
2: look was really good. Yeah, on the Capitol people. Okay, okay, okay Catching okay, Fire. Yeah, yeah. Catching Fire shouldn't have gone back to the arena. If they did, maybe Hamish instead of Peta. But I like. Well, let's talk about the stuff I liked now.
1: Okay, but okay, but can I also just say in the in the Catching Fire Hunger Games, it did feel a little bit like Monster of the Week, like it was like, oh, what, uh, yeah, what horrible thing is are they gonna the various, have to fight this time? Various like, times. It was more, um, like, like just getting through it because you know there has to be an obstacle. Whereas yeah. Hunger Games truly felt like you, you, there's no sequence to it. Like no. the fire was like so random but you also weren't sure if it's like caused by someone or yeah like it, it was it, it felt more there was a sense that sort of anything
2: could happen at yeah. any time yeah and, and this games. was
1: very obviously time
2: ah tick tock
1: yes tick tock okay
2: yeah so the good things though I, I will agree that the games part is the worst part of catching fire it just
1: became tiresome i think a little bit
2: yeah no i agree i agree um that was the part it was hardest to read through. So I, I, I agree. Not it wasn't terrible or anything. No,
1: it's fine.
2: Uh, I like this book too, but it's it is my least favorite for that reason. That a whole third is kinda eh. Yeah. But so in terms of things I like, so I'm sure you might agree with a lot of this. Like so number one, like you said, the Hamish scene. I love that scene. It's a great insight into his backstory. And then the rest of the victors, I thought that was a great choice to introduce, you know these other victors of previous hunger games and i thought that
1: there's so many new characters you need to know how they won to get a sense a quick sense of who they are yeah
2: i mean i besides like you know how i don't mean literally how they introduce i just mean like that these victors are characters in it i think that a lot like finnick and joanna and bd are all really great new characters
1: did did you love that scene where there was a moment of solidarity because of yes, the pure yes. anger and, ra- like, the rage. That, that moment
2: was a, all, another one that emotionally kind of got too. to me when they all held hands me after too. their interviews. And,
1: and, like, I loved I loved when Katniss, she had been so distracted up until that point when she was like, I hadn't fully realized the rage that they all feel at having to do this again. Yeah, because,
2: of course, they would. Yeah, right? like, I
1: love that solidarity of, like, they've all been through the Hunger Games. And now they before. have to do it again. And and like just and also it's it's funny that they're all friends because yeah. really it's true like you no one else understands that experience like someone else who's gone through it. Yeah. So of course you'd be friends by then.
2: Yeah, you're a small group of people who've shared this very intense traumatic experience. Yeah.
1: So the the thing about her And being they all like, have
2: to meet every year to do it again yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah,
1: I know, but yeah, it's, it seems like a hard a hard thing and they're in such a different position than Katniss who just won like a year ago but also um like the way that she was saying that they subtly expressed their displeasure but in a way that the capital people wouldn't be able to pick up yes like in during their interviews the
2: one thing i do like about the movie yeah i like I joanna's interview because yes. she just like where she
1: just says you guys are trying is. to
2: kill me a second time <laughs> and she's like "Fuck you <laughs> yeah i know
1: I, I was i i actually like the way that the movie did it a little bit more so it actually
2: works with her character because she's yeah, like that is how she's like in
1: the book she just asks like oh is it legal to do this it's like
2: <laughs> i think that was bd who says that no, right? no he questions it? the legality
1: Oh really? He's like well, she just says something like, "Oh, I
2: hope." I think she says something like, uh, "Aren't we? We're like your friends now. You don't want to lose us, or something like that." Maybe she says like, "The capital people love us, Victor, so much. It must be hard to lose us."
1: I I don't think that they go into. I don't think they actually say what they they don't do they say. yeah
2: they they summarize it anyway i but I, I i wasn't as good as that like that was a rare improvement yeah that was a great
1: films. that was a great moment i thought where because that yeah it isn't keeping with her character to yeah. just like screech. she's brash
2: and yeah speaks her mind <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah the yeah. truth yeah yeah
2: no so yeah I, I i think that joanna was a great character finnick He's a great character. I love him. I he's just, great. I
1: find him overrated. No. For, I find the reasons, why people, the, <laughs> the reasons why people love him are overrated. That's what, what I think.
2: What? Because he's fleshed they just out. Think
1: he No, they just think he's hot. That's
2: not why he's a good character. No, but
1: th- it's not. But that's why people love him.
2: He's a good guy.
1: No, but people just love him because he's hot.
2: That's not why I love and him. And
1: because he has that's a trident. That's maybe part of it. People <laughs> <laughs> love him because he has a trident and because he loves Annie. Yeah,
2: that's a big part of it.
1: I don't care. Why I the... don't care that he loves her. Oh I don't gosh. care that he has a trident and he can swim like a fish.
2: He's been through a lot, but he puts on a facade of this sort of sexy guy because he has to. We later learn that he's been through a lot of trauma, sort of relating to that. Yeah, and, I like that. And he, but he has, to, but he still keeps up like a positive attitude, and like he tries to, he instantly tries to like help Katniss out. You know, he's yes. he can instantly sort of see that. She's good person and and well in in the sense that Victor's are, you know he he's a decent guy.
1: He's definitely a decent guy. I just like I he don't. Ha- he
2: has his his girlfriend. He's loyal to, <laughs> you know.
1: I don't think that people would like him if he hadn't been described as gorgeous.
2: You don't. Th- oh no, I think they would. His arc, his arc with Annie is heartbreaking.
1: I mean, you she's didn't... not even mad. Like she's just Annie. Yeah. Oh,
2: she's barely a bit. <laughs>
1: she just speaks normally, and but Katniss is no, like, she... oh, she just has moments of abstraction or something.
2: No, she, like, stares silently for a while, and Finnick has to be like, hey, come back. Come on, come <laughs> yeah, on, come that's back. that's what he says. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, I'm, I'm adding the snaps, but, like, she says something like, he has to bring her back to reality. She has, like, PTSD moments, essentially. Yes,
1: yes. Like, I, I liked when they heard the... Jabberjays, and then you saw his actual right. true panic for the yeah. first time. Because
2: before that, he was just like this confident, you know, hot guy. Like, but this is when you learn that he's a person. He has feelings.
1: With the sugar cubes? With Meg's? So his zombie. relationship
2: with Meg's? Oh, you're bruh. right. You're
1: right. Okay, fine. He, the Max thing was really sad, actually. Yeah, yeah.
2: That moment really got to me. She just walks right into the fog. It's I know. Cur- it's, yeah. I can't believe it. Okay, fine.
1: Fit. Fine. I'm one over, but I, I like him because I actually understand him, not yeah. because he's hot and has a trident and eats sugar cubes. Yeah, I mean that's part of it, but <laughs> no, 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 fine, fine. I just <laughs> no, I my, no, I agree. No, I agree. Not my like, favorite.
2: I agree. who cares if he's hot? Like that doesn't make a good character. Yeah, I agree with you. Like it, that, the reasons are because of his relationships with other people that he demonstrates. He's brave and willing to save people, like Peta. He doesn't even know. You know, he's, he's just a good, he's a team player. He's a decent guy who's been through a lot of crap that he doesn't deserve.
1: Okay, this is, this, should we get into PETA now? Because I have thoughts about PETA.
2: Yeah, any thoughts about Beatty?
1: <laughs> oh, I like Beatty. Yeah. I like Beatty. I, I like how he's just like a, you know, a genius. Your average genius, Your
2: average smart guy character. Yeah, like yeah.
1: Who, who is like kind of stuttery and kind of like awkward and yeah, like has he's a nerd. glasses. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I can relate to him a lot. Um, is,
1: he your, is he your Chad for Catching no, Fire? No? he's
2: not. <laughs> he's not a Chad at all. In a book series with several characters who are. Yeah. I know.
1: There's almost too many options, actually. Yeah, in, but in this okay,
2: PETA, PETA time.
1: Okay, so, okay, yes, PETA...
2: Let's make this shawarma wrap.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, PETA... Um, i just okay (laughs) what i really like about pita is that he's an unconventional romantic male lead He's yeah. not... She never says that he's handsome. She never... Yeah, only you know, Caesar does. I'm sure he looks <laughs> fine. I'm sure he looks good, in fact. It, but it's just, she never... like he the, the things used to describe him are he's gentle, he's artistic, yes. he's sensitive, he's kind. He's a sweet, he's kind guy. And he doesn't have it in him to like be a killer. He doesn't no. have that instinct. I don't think Katniss he kills has. anyone,
2: does he? Oh, maybe in Mockingjay. Probably, he whilst, probably does. Yeah.
1: But, oh yeah, oh my god, he kills... Uh, Mitch
2: kind of kind of <laughs> but but he wants we'll to die
1: because it. of it and yeah. and like he cries you know he like yeah he let's cries. forget mocking
2: J hunger games and catching fire yeah, pita like, is in, just in a hunger sweet games, guy he
1: cries after the reaping katniss i think doesn't no right? i don't think she does she, she wouldn't waits. would she yeah and and like he he has, he, he's not conventional because he, his strength is in his kindness and his gentleness. Yes. Which is unlike pretty much every other character in the series. Yeah, So I think that's much. really underrated and I really like it about him. And like he likes cakes and yeah. painting. Painting, and yeah. And stuff. However, what I do not like about him. Turning
2: himself into a mud, mud rock man. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that, okay, yes. I, yes, that was interesting.
2: That was hilarious. Um,
1: but. What I do not like about him is that he his feelings for Katniss are inexplicable to me.
2: I agree. There they really are.
1: Is no like I do not understand how uh, how we're supposed to read their romance in Hunger Games. Because... Well, but, you know... Does he actually... Look, are all
2: are all crushes on people explicable, rationally? No,
1: but, did, like, is, is it true that he's just always loved her since they were children? Since and at
2: least the moment where he saved your life with the bread, we can assume, right?
1: Really, though? Really? They don't even know each other. And so he actually... District
2: 12's small, though. Everyone kind of knows each other. I know, but other. does he
1: actually he doesn't know does he well actually, does he did he mean everything that he said in the cave and are we supposed to believe that he knew that it was just for the cameras no right because at he the was end shocked the that it was for, days, for the cameras yeah, yeah at the end uh, she kind of says like oh yeah about, i lose about the boy that, with the
2: bread yeah
1: and i actually found that to be like a really i found the ending pages of all three books to be really powerful like i really liked them
2: i agree um i agree yeah
1: but for him him saying that his nightmares are about losing her.
2: Yeah, why like, does he like what her? What about
1: what about um, killing people in the Hunger Games? Like, why does why is everything about her? It just doesn't make sense. And like, why is he like, oh, this the the second Hunger Games has to be about protecting Katniss? Why? Why does he feel that about
2: yeah her? Well. Yeah, it's true. Why does he? But she's ins- not she's not actually easy to love.
1: Yeah, and and the stuff based on her behavior to him, she's like super like they barely kiss they don't do anything romantic with each other other than in the first one they do but it's fake yeah she needs him to sleep with her um like just 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 sleep beside her in bed so that she doesn't have the doesn't have nightmares as much like it's really she gives him almost nothing to work it's true
2: he's he's very selfless
1: yeah which is very admirable But i don't understand why though that's the one thing that doesn't really make sense to me is like how is he so consistently Sure. She's with her. she's done
2: nothing to possibly win him over or yes, make herself yes, lovable. That's,
1: that's what's confusing. However, they seem what? to imply that she's very lovable because apparently, also. according to all these third parties, um she's no one she didn't have friends in school because everyone was so impressed by her that she was intimidated well them. that's
2: that's debatable whether that's true um I, I think she it said is. Didn't, doesn't she say something like i always thought it was because i was mean or something yes Not, yeah I,
1: I think that's a bit of like you don't know you're beautiful you know like the main <laughs> character has to be like super dumb about people's feelings for her and stuff you
2: imagine Peta looking like uh niall <laughs> no.
1: no but i just i do think a that I, one, right? th- you did you did hear a lot about people saying like oh katniss was like this and everyone thought she was so remember how um she that, was, that's she a bit was of the
2: like, ya trope a, yes, where it's exactly like,
1: where it's like oh everyone loves you and thinks you're amazing you know, but i'm just you don't this realize i'm this
2: normal girl in fact less than normal i suck i'm kind of like frumpy yeah. but like, but I'm, yet i
1: cold all... i'm mean and yet
2: all these boys fall in love with me <laughs> and not
1: even that but at one point um she realizes like in the hob oh d- did people treat me like a little bit better than other people actually yes i guess they were kind of nice in their trades and they did go easy on me when i tried well, she to She says something like i
2: assumed it was because they respected my father i know which but could that's be not... true
1: i know but so many instances where she's like oh wow i guess I was wrong about how people perceive me and they actually perceive me much better than that. She clearly
2: has an effect yeah, if she's able she, to become and the Peter symbol says that
1: she doesn't know the effect that she can have. Like, yeah. it's a very repeated thing. We're supposed to intuit that it means she's got that, you know, it factor that everyone admires. I
2: think the it factor is precisely the toughness and the like uncompromising sort of, uh, attitude the like toughness the 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 skill she's yeah. skilled she's yeah. tough she doesn't she she doesn't there's care a about sense...
1: herself maybe like she doesn't she doesn't do things but be- for herself I there's think, a sense of,
2: of yes of selflessness to an extent for like, certain people yeah,
1: selflessness or something like a certain doesn't... courage a
2: certain she's
1: not spark she's, not about, she's spark. not about like self-wellness that's like the least of her concerns
2: there's like a you know, a fire inside her. I, I, There okay. is. There is. Like, she's got sort of a sort of burning, like, she I, doesn't show it, but she's got, like, a passion.
1: I, I just, I think that her relationship with Gail is a lot more realistic and, like, sure. nuanced and makes sense there's at least some reasoning behind it like she she very yeah. clearly describes their history together how they met yeah you know the way that they understand each other better than other people the way that they have like a shorthand with each other that they don't even have to say anything but they their hunting is just like this well-oiled machine whereas
2: Peter were essentially two if we're to just accept the text, essentially fell in love with her at first sight at age like six.
1: That's what I'm saying is, are we, are we meant to and accept? And still is. Are we meant to accept the text?
2: I mean, what else do we have to go on?
1: No, but do you is think there that, anything the that author contra- wants us to do that? Like, is there
2: anything that contradicts that, that just, we can draw on? I
1: just can't see why he's so in love with her. And, and I just don't buy it because I didn't see it happen. I'm just here. You didn't it see
2: it from, happen because it's not from his perspective.
1: I know. I think also just her her complete. Uh, she's, she's
2: not the person to pick up on something like that. Well,
1: her her interiority about how she feels about Gail and Peter is just so like <laughs> like she gives them so little. Yeah. Right. That I it, it makes it hard for me to think that Peter has enough to go off of that he feels this way about her. Like I, I guess agree. It's, but it's true. It's true. But but people don't just. She doesn't even. She doesn't even like. Like she doesn't reflect in any way on how she might feel about them, except she for, does. She does. You know, a bit, but but not in any like honest way. Where it's like, oh, I like She'll him. She'll say
2: something like, uh, she says stuff stuff like. Uh, yeah, I definitely do love them. I don't know in what way I do. I, I don't know in what way I love them, but I definitely love them in some way. Okay,
1: but don't you find okay this this part where she oh my goodness, says the very end. I know. Sorry, this is the end but, of the
2: last book. Okay,
1: but when she says, <laughs> the last you know, essentially, she says, "I I got together with Peta, and it's because." That what I need is to sur- to survive is not Gail's fire yes. kindled with rage and hatred. I have plenty of fire myself. What I need is the dandelion in the spring, yep. the bright yellow that means rebirth instead of destruction. That prom- the promise that life can go on no matter how bad our loss is. That it can be good again, and only Peta can give me that. Well, that's a reason. Yeah. That's factual. That's not actually her having feelings for him. Good. And,
2: I had my marked that page because I like that line. A lot. I, I
1: love I love the ending. Like I find that really good. The last paragraph well. is great. But I'm I'm confused because it does sound like she made a choice there. She did. Which was like
2: I think you can pick I up. could go
1: with either of them, but the one that is gonna help me survive, which is what was foreshadowed in yes, this book, is what, the one that I'm gonna go with.
2: Yes, so I think you can detect over the course of catching fire. She doesn't come out and say it honestly, and just straight up. But then who does about things like this? Uh, She doesn't straight up say, oh, I've started to actually develop feelings for PETA. But I think that you can detect a change in no, her attitude no. over the course of the books.
1: But what she does one, say she, at what the she end does of is, yeah, I choose Gale over Peta. She Wouldn't does she say say, that? when she kisses him when he's like with morphling after he was whipped. She kisses him and says, "I'm not going anywhere or something." Yeah, like that. Yeah, but that,
2: she doesn't say, "I choose Gale over Peta."
1: But she does kind of like she she finally admits that she does have even feelings when, for Gale.
2: Yeah, but even when they're going to run away together, she's like, "Peta is going to have to come."
1: I know. So, <laughs> I know, but that's just because she has an obligation to Peter. I don't know. Mm, I, I, I think like, you
2: can, well, the fact yeah. that the fact that in Catching Fire, to bring us back to Catching Fire, she, after the quarter quell and, you know, they're going back, she, she goes to Haymitch. I really like this scene, actually, and they get drunk together. Oh, yeah, this and, was
1: crazy, this scene. It and, was so dark as well.
2: Yeah, and she says to him, okay, this time we both, are going to protect Kita, not me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's that's evidence of a shift. That's evident clearly of... not indifferent to him. I
1: know, but that's not her and saying then later, I'm so in love with this guy that I'm gonna die for him. That's her saying well,
2: she is saying she's he... gonna die for him.
1: I know, but it's 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 not motivated by her love for him. It's motivated by the fact that she knows that he's better than her.
2: That she does say he's the superior one in this trio. And Amy's yeah. like, Yes. And like a better sure. person. That's what know? she means by that's that. That's her yeah.
1: ostensible reason it's for doing ostensible it. It's her ostensible
2: reason. And then but then you have to remember later on how she flips out when she (laughs) thinks he's going to die before finnick mouth-to-mouths him back to life and uh and she's she's so i mean that's the reaction of someone who i think at least you can say the way she freaks out is the reaction of someone who probably hasn't thought of it maybe hasn't really admitted it to herself or us but has developed feelings for pita
1: yes well i agree but also she does say after pita's like brainwashed you know I didn't realize how much I took advantage of him or right. how much I took uh, for granted that he would provide for me. That's it. You know, and it's true. It's she really true, did take
2: him for granted. But
1: she did take him for granted by like not even considering anything about how she felt. She didn't even allow herself to consider it. She's ill-equipped so, to
2: do that because she's such a pragmatic person and she does sort of repress her feelings but it's to do also that.
1: Because it's like a chaste... YA book where she's like, Yeah, like they, 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 you know, the the steamiest, the steamiest this book gets is a kiss.
2: Sure, well, yeah, what would you expect? It's for 13 year olds. There's this
1: weird part where he's like, Oh, don't forget what we did under, like, in, don't forget all those nights. You remember remember, that? I don't
2: remember that, no. And
1: then she was like, Oh, the tracker jackers even affected his memories of that too, because nothing ever happened between us then.
2: Okay, yeah, you I don't know remember when, that You know exact when they start moment. sleeping
1: together because she has nightmares? Yeah. And and so he was saying after he was brainwashed, like, I haven't forgotten. What about those nights when we did that stuff? Now you're going to, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, he doesn't come out and so say anything
2: specific. I don't remember that. That's from Mocking Jay, I guess. But yeah. I was going to say, so that her reaction when he slams into the electric force field, that I think that you can detect. She doesn't say it. She doesn't I come know. out and say it because she's not reflect she's not honest with herself
1: but and finnick tells her that later He's yeah like oh i knew you loved him when this happened
2: yeah no it's right exactly but
1: what type of love i'm right. just not convinced it's romantic love
2: well then there's even that part where they're on the beach that's probably the steamiest scene. oh, oh
1: where she actually feels something yeah. when they kiss she's like For the first time i felt something well then it's there's like,
2: also in the first book she goes this is the first one where i want another one
1: yes oh you're right you're right You i know but two kisses like that's what that's the basis i guess it's more than what gail gets yeah gail never gets anything you know what i love about gail is that everyone is like oh he's so gorgeous he's so handsome he's so attractive uh
2: the 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 lady boggs
1: boggs is like oh well don't expect us to be impressed by that we just saw finnick Finnick. in his underwear or whatever but everyone is like oh gail is incredible yeah and He's only got eyes for the most emotionally unavailable yeah, person in the universe.
2: Yeah, and sure, He could basically have any woman he wanted except the one he wants. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah,
1: like, it's, it's actually kind of sad because I feel for Gail.
0: Do
1: you? Because he's so... Pow- <laughs> <laughs> he's so powerless. The fact that she's in The Hunger Games, now she's paired up with this random guy that she would never have talked to in a million years if she hadn't been forced to, yeah. and now they're like put together in all these charades of like love. Yeah, they're even forced and to get married. It's but... it's completely out of his control. He can't do anything about it, but that's the person that he had one day hoped to get with. Yeah. That by oh, all well. means would have probably gotten with him. Just sort of by default. And Katniss even admitted to herself like, "Oh, we probably would have had kids or we might yeah. have had kids and well, we might have Yeah. She doesn't want to have kids. Day yeah but she
2: specifically doesn't want to have kids because she doesn't want them to be reaped into the hunger games right
1: but she 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 acknowledged that it was kind of inevitable that they would have gotten together had Peta and this crazy coincidence you know happened in her life that derailed everything
2: the way you said that was just like in the movie she goes "Peta malark
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's because i'm i'm being very conscious of how i pronounce his name
2: not pita bread
1: Peta, yeah, I know you're kind of you're yeah you're influen you're making me self conscious about it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I agree. That really is enough about Gail for the rest of the podcast. But uh, okay, I know, but I agree though.
1: It it actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it totally reminds me of Edward and Jacob.
0: Oh, it is. It's exactly that. Edward and
1: Jacob is better though, but it is like that because the way that Bella put it in Twilight, which maybe our readers will. Be interested in this probably oh not i hope but not <laughs> bella acknowledges to herself like she does have feelings for jacob but they're like these warm-blooded feelings this this kind of natural romantic love that uh. is within the realm of normal humans whereas her love for edward is like this insane like infinite insatiable obsessive love right you know. but she does love them both romantically and jacob is a more normal natural person he's, he's warm and he's and he's got uh, flaws and he teases her and they right. have like a they have a rapport where she calls him an idiot whereas Edward is just like you're the greatest thing in the world you I, I will protect you and he like does everything classic
2: 117 year old behavior <laughs>
1: <laughs> but just like i i actually i reread twilight like oh 2 God. years ago and I'm t- like I understand Jacob now a lot more, <laughs> and I'm Team Jacob because no,
2: not. he
1: truly loves her in a real way that's not just like this crazy like fixation. You know. because I feel
2: like no one was ever Team Gail.
1: Yeah, no, no one was one. ever Team Gale. But Clearly, I feel bad Suzanne for him. Collins
2: isn't. Clearly, Gail
1: was the one who was like, I should have volunteered to be the male tribute and protected her. He's actually right. A if year you, later, if you want to keep up with her and you want to like be with her. And you know, like, be, be indispensable to her. Yeah, he should have done that.
2: Who's gonna do that? Though? I know,
0: like,
1: of course not. Of course, he wouldn't yeah. do that. But it's true. Like, he he feels sad because she's like completely in this realm that's unreachable to him for the rest of his life. But yeah, it's not buddy. a fluke. Too it's bad. not a fluke. Sorry, it's
2: not a fluke that she ends up with PETA, though, from a thematic point of view. Yes, I, I, guess, that, as that last, I guess so. Is that last passage talks about? He's like the dandelion in spring, right? And and kindness and gentleness. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's
2: he's the opposite of all the bad stuff she's been through. Yeah, you know. That's why I like him. Yeah, me too. I love Peta. I love Peta. He's
1: nurturing.
2: He is. He's he's a calming presence. He's a he's a warm blanket of a person.
1: I know, but that's not exactly what you want to hear, you know. That's as a nice as a person, like, oh, I love you so much because you make me feel safe, and it's really I love to settle for you, and you will always be, make me feel comfortable. Yeah. That's not the stuff nothing you wrong with hear. any of
2: that. <laughs> nothing wrong with any of that. If anyone tells you that, listeners, be flattered. <laughs> I would say, yeah,
1: you're, no. you're a warm blanket compared to like this scorching red hot desire or whatever. Burns not that you. she, she Burned,
2: that burns you man. She doesn't
1: even feel that for Gail honestly. No. She remember when they kiss and he's like it's uh, it's like kissing a drunk person. Like you're not even <laughs> you don't even care. Yeah. And it's true. Like she just wanted to feel something and she was being self destructive. But it's she true. she does not care for Gail much in terms not of not in romance. that way, no. Yeah. She doesn't
2: she doesn't really yeah that's enough about that (laughs) for the rest of the podcast
1: you've stomached enough gale stomached
2: enough gale and love triangle um yes uh so yeah so catching fire just to uh just to sort of like continue on that do you like
1: how how we called it the most expendable part and we just spent like 30 minutes talking about it yeah (laughs) i guess
2: catching fires and the love triangle really heats up so to speak um so I guess it's fair that we talk about that now. But yeah, I love I loved the victors. I love the idea of meeting the victors. Although you yeah. could have done that also if she was a mentor. Yes. They would have met anyway. But, but then um, you would have had
1: to have new tributes. And f- it would have that would have been, been too... a new dynamic.
2: Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't have minded that. But uh, I th- I, th- uh, I also thought um, that, yeah, like I said before, the speech where they that they give in District 11 is that got to me. She talks about Rue. Even the th- the part about Thrasher, she said that she didn't know him, but she always respected him and that he saved her life. Yeah. Even that, like that whole District 11 scene before they start killing people, is, it, it really got to me. Sina's death. Okay. Oh
1: my God. You already have a soft spot for Sina. I
2: really do. Yeah. <laughs> this
1: is, it, was, it, was, it was
2: gut-wrenching I, to read again, even I though I loved, knew it was coming.
1: I love that part where... You kind of saw it foreshadowed too when the as Mockingjay, soon as the, she does the her Mockingjay. dress turns into the Mockingjay. Mockingjay and she has so much fear for Cinna in that moment. She's just like, hey,
2: Cinna, take a bow, would you? I know. And then she remembers, he's like, oh, I channel my emotions in my work, so only I get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, no, oh. I thought that was
1: great. It was it was a really good, like, Cinna is not much of a character, to be honest. Even though he's On a great, reread, on a reread, great,
2: maybe but he's right. you he's don't... not. He's not you don't get an uh, as much of him yeah, as but maybe. that
1: was a great gesture for him to do like a character defining moment for him well, he's
2: enigmatic he's kind of mysterious yeah and
1: and he's very measured and calm and he doesn't he doesn't Just, show much and he doesn't she told them don't get hysterical don't cry he doesn't yeah you know? he's
2: exactly sort of what she needs yeah a very stable presence who's yet kind and caring in his own sort of muted way,
1: it's interesting though, she just she doesn't judge Cinna at all, but he's another capital stylist, thing. yeah,
2: although there's a conspiracy theory that he was like born in district one, but I don't care oh, who really? cares who cares? Like honestly, who I don't think would the, even
1: think about that. I
2: don't even think it matters, yeah. like <laughs> but, but, yeah, he's probably is meant to be a capital person, but he clearly he has sympathies against it, yeah, clearly, yeah. And then, okay. so the other thing I wanted to say the the other thing we have to uh, talk about before we stop talking about catching fire is that this is the book where my guy president <laughs> oh, snow oh, really yes, gets to shine. Talk he really let's gets talk shine about snow in this book. He's yes. great.
1: Okay, so yes, I I agree <laughs> he's a really good um he's a really good antagonist. Yeah. The the thing about his mouth smelling like blood. Yeah. and him and having roses. this wafting smell of roses to mask is the blood. Cool. I like it. And
2: the reveal of how is pretty cool in Mockingjay. It makes sense. Right, there right. Would be his, this... Him
1: poisoning everyone for yeah. his ascent. Yeah.
2: yeah, and he would drink the poison himself to allay suspicion. But yeah, just the scene where he comes, like that opening scene where he visits her in her home. That's great. It's great stuff. Well,
1: it gives, it gives a face to the enemy that is the capital. So and that's he's... also good.
2: And, you know there's like the little moments where he like he says he says to his and his mom like oh that's wonderful people forget presidents need to eat too you know he can he can put forward this like phony politician
1: gentlemanly yeah persona
2: yeah but then he's just so like menacing he's like i love i love a lot of the lines where he's like no you don't have to convince them you have to convince me
1: i i like when she (sighs) kind of is asking him with her eyes like did i convince you and then he shakes his yes
2: that's a great moment yeah and and you know the famous moment where they agree to to not lie to each other and the fact that they are honest with each other No, in, in in Catching Fire, he the first thing he says, or one of the first things oh. is, this would all be a lot simpler if we agree to not lie to each other. Oh, I see. And they don't, even though they're enemies. For the whole rest of the book, they are completely honest with one another. He never lies to her.
1: Do you, Have you ever thought about the fact that this old man, his opponent and his enemy... <laughs> is year a 17-year-old girl. Yeah, a <laughs> 17-year-old girl, that yeah. he's expending all of this all these resources well he talks about that later
2: (laughs) that 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 was a mistake he should have been focused on the other old lady
1: who oh coin yeah oh that's right and actually um it is interesting how uh he oh i just lost my train of thought
2: nice (laughs) yeah he's a great villain he's very he's very threatening what
1: was i gonna say okay yeah no keep going he's
2: very intimidating he's like he's got that he's got the classic you know you know, like a good classic villain where it's like they're just totally evil, but they're like doing it in such a fun way that you can't help but like them. Almost like a Disney villain.
0: Well,
1: I mean, he's got he that classic made, villain sauce. He only made like one appearance, though. He, he's not he, he's more he's more frightening like off screen. No, know?
2: but, you know, in his scenes, the he really I think he really gets to shine. Like in this first scene in Catching Fire, it's one of the things I remembered
1: oh oh this is what i was going to say that i forgot before it's that him asking her to convince everyone and convince the world convince him that she's in love with pita she reflects at one point it wouldn't have mattered anyway like the districts were already on course to do this and nothing i would have done really would have made that much of a difference
2: well although you know district 11 and so on she does make things worse i think that i think that's why he says no I think it's because of the District Eleven yeah. thing.
1: Well, right after they have that talk, she goes to District Eleven and does that. Yeah, it's not the greatest timing, I Katniss. Yeah, I,
2: I think that's why he shakes his head. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are in the other districts. Like, that's Fair pretty. Enough. That's pretty much the exact <laughs> worst thing you could do. Yeah, from his perspective.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's when you realize. Yeah, that, it's not uh, the greatest uh, plan to make all your districts uh oppressed yeah and then if they start working a bit with each other then
2: yeah, start shooting them
1: yeah it's true it's easy for them to make the capital suffer considering there's no people of skill in the capital they
2: hold all the vital resources yeah yeah so yeah that
1: is not the greatest idea well he
2: says it's fragile the system is fragile snow says that and it's true uh yeah he's a great character he was great in the movies
1: i love i uh, what is his name nova
2: scotia zone sutherland donald sutherland yes <laughs> yes yeah uh play plays him really well yeah
1: that he kind of actually shaped who i picture in my head oh i definitely i yeah. picture him
2: which is interesting because i actually don't i don't really picture an old man no, I knew he was old, oh. but I, I was going to say, I don't really fully picture Jennifer Lawrence as Katniss when I'm reading all. the books.
1: I don't at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, like, the thing about the movies... Or
2: Thor's brother is that, as Gale.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's that you have, to, you have to make them look like Hollywood actors. They have to be Hollywood actors. But in the actual books, like, I love the lack of glamour that Katniss uses to describe how everybody looks. Like, everyone is malnourished. Everyone yeah. is underweight. Like, dirty she probably looks terrible she's got like hair everywhere has tons of injuries yeah and like she has an ugly looking scar on her arm she just gets
2: awful. more and more as the series yeah, goes on her,
1: by the end like, like she's her skin's
2: a fa- falling a off
1: fire mutt whose <laughs> flesh has burnt away and she yeah. has all these skin grafts it's like yeah this isn't this isn't like a pretty you know these people they have to try are... really
2: hard to make her pretty like and I like... love I love
1: when she makes like these observations that are like oh he doesn't look as impoverished so that means that he probably had enough to eat growing up right and she she is someone who has to consider those kinds of things so yeah she's yeah.
2: she needs to work for every meal she has so yeah she wouldn't look and, and that's the thing about the movies I guess is like they all look a bit too Hollywoody. They,
1: she looks too well fed they should look
2: way more beat up especially by the end of The Hunger Games yeah, she just, says like she she looks look. in the mirror. She's like, I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: and and the thing is, <laughs> like, you're not words, supposed but... to look good. You, like, they none of them look good. They're all how could you super after being skinny. In, in
2: the Hunger Games, even before even the before, Hunger Games, yeah. But especially like at the end of the games, like you'd look like you were about to die. Yeah. They basically do. Yeah. You know, but yet they couldn't really do that in the movie. They I weren't know. Brave enough. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, to do that. Yeah. Um.
1: And that's that's a small thing, but it's just interesting
2: but yeah essentially the first half of catching fire with the plot about the rebellion that is catching fire we might say is good i like that the interview with snow the tour of the districts, the plan for the wedding their new lives in the victor's village they're rich now but like they're kind of like not used to it like that's interesting when they meet bonnie and twill in the woods and they kind of learn about an uprising in district eight the sort of like hearing about uprisings starting in other districts but you know there's no freedom of information obviously so they don't know the details like all that stuff a sort of intrigue around the rebellion starting because of what she did and yeah. when she did it she says <clears throat> i was just trying to survive and pro and save Peta if i could yeah so she really like that's so on brand if we want to use that term for her like she went with the berries she just wanted to live and she wanted Peter to live too cuz she'd you know come to care for him in some way at that point not romantically maybe but she didn't want him to die either like she was not thinking about rebellion not really i mean she did i think she says something like I'm not a piece in your games or whatever. No, but you know what is about interesting it.
1: about that is when Peta first says that before the Hunger Games starts, she has really little patience for that. She's, She's like, like
2: yeah, "Who cares? I just don't want to die." Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> She's like, "Well, I don't really want to sit here like thinking about other people's motives. Like, we can't really think about that right now." Although she
2: says something like, "Doesn't she say, she say like he's more noble than me?" Thinking about that, trying to save himself, like his, right. his honor, whereas I'm just. yes no she
1: does but it's like she she reflects back on that moment a lot and she by the end is like finally i understand what he meant he knew all along because it's not took her all of these experiences to really understand what he meant
2: because it's not the sort of thing she would think
1: yeah she doesn't think about lofty
2: she doesn't she doesn't think about ideals There's yeah. a scene where Plutarch's saying, if we... Okay, in Mockingjay. <laughs> <laughs> and Plutarch's like, if we win, we're going to establish like a republic and people are going to vote from all the districts and the capital for representatives. And she's like, well, I mean, if our ancestors did it, I think our ancestors probably screwed up pretty bad, but I guess this republic thing seems a bit better than what we are I know, now. I, that
1: was so random when when they were just like laying out the future and yeah. she was like, yeah, they say this. Okay. She doesn't really
2: care. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really care about like what happens to panem after i mean she she doesn't want yeah. there to be hunger games probably yeah.
1: but the, like going back to gail but. he she was always saying that she kind of tuned out his rants against the capital before yeah she,
2: she doesn't care about yeah. high-minded like political stuff yeah
1: which that is actually interesting because that means that she's she like didn't you really... she's
2: like you with her friend justin okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i don't you know that's what that's
2: being cut <laughs> i don't even
1: listen to that anymore
2: she's like yeah she's like yeah. you and justin
1: <laughs> yeah somewhat but i mean like he doesn't rant about
2: that's gonna stuff be like that definitely gonna be cut he talks about politics that's what i mean oh yeah yeah okay anyway now we're back
1: <laughs> oh you should make a note of of where to cut that by the way
2: it's <laughs> probably gonna stay it's in at, at this the
1: two hour mark
2: <laughs> yeah almost yeah. two hours
1: yeah well yeah
2: Yeah, so, yeah, but I thought that part was good. Yeah, just that whole thing about the games, man. Something, something different. It being a clock is not different enough to make the games part interesting.
1: Well, what was interesting was that last time they were alone, this time they had to be on teams. That was kind of the only thing, but it it's was not like, enough. Yeah, it wasn't enough. It was actually boring. The games were boring yeah. themselves. The, the lead up to the games was somewhat. The
2: lead up, yeah.
1: Even and, maybe yeah. keep the
2: Quarter Quell plot because they have that great. I, moment I like the
1: Quarter Quell. I like the solidarity
2: the, and and all that.
1: Yeah, and also the um, like the, I liked her realizing that District Twelve, by being the poorest, doesn't have some of the restrictions that the other districts have. Like, going back to the world building, right. it was like she was shocked at the cruelty of the peacekeepers in the other districts because she was like, oh, yeah, we were kind of friends with our peacekeepers. Yeah. Like, they weren't one of us, but we could still yeah, like like talk to them and sell meat to them and things like that. Yeah. Also, I, I realized that her name is not Greasy Sue. It's
2: Greasy Say. It's Greasy
1: Say. Why? Why is her name Greasy Say? Greasy
2: Say. Shout out. What does up. that even
1: mean? <laughs> Shout
2: out to Greasy Say. <laughs>
1: greasy Say. Like that's so random.
2: Best character. She, she dies in... She doesn't die. Oh. At the very end, she's like, Yeah, Greasy Say comes over and cooks me eggs. <laughs> oh, that's right. She's like
1: Haymitch's housemaid person.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, Gail's mum is Haymitch's housemaid. That's in catching fire. Hazel 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 abernathy is that his name
1: no that's Hamish.
2: no yeah he's hawthorne yes gail hawthorne anyway this is getting cut yes Um, yes
1: we're gonna have to cut more of this one than last time since we're we're already at the two hour mark
2: yeah whatever it's fine this is good this is golden let's keep going Uh, (laughs) okay so are
1: are we ready for uh
2: mocking the one
1: that we that we've all been waiting for apparently
2: (laughs) clearly the one we've all been waiting for yes okay okay all right yeah. So, if we're done with Catching Fire, any you don't have any last things to say about that? Um, well, done. I'm I'm looking to
1: see if I have any quotes that I would like to share. Um, I can't think of anything except for maybe the Chads. Should we should we go over the Chads? Oh for, yes. Uh, Hunger okay. Games and Catching Fire quickly before Mockingjay. Fine. It's not going to be too long. I sure.
2: Think. Yeah. So, the Chad for The Hunger Games is Katniss. Yes, yeah, yeah I-, I agree. The of first course, one, of yeah, course it is. She's definitely... She's
1: a hard bitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's definitely a Chad.
1: Yeah, she's a yeah. Chad. Uh-huh. She's definitely the Chad. But, honorable mention to Thresh, I think. Yeah. I like Thresh. Yeah, He was, uh, he's like, uh... Sam reminded me maybe we should cut this too that he um that before he he was doing pretty well in the Hunger Games he was just out in the badlands like fucking up anyone who yeah. came into his in territory the tall grass. totally like holding his own mm-hmm. everyone's like too scared to even go after him even Cato and his other like career friends yeah and then it's just what is it the dogs like get him
2: no Cato kills him
1: oh really
2: yeah, yeah. Off screen, off page.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He kills the District 2 girl whose name I forgot. It's not Glimmer, that's District 1. I don't remember her name. Clove! Clove. Yes. He kills Clove quite horribly. When he
1: kills Clove, that's a badass scene, though.
2: It's quite horrible. Not
1: condoning violence, but. You're not
2: condoning smashing (laughs) people's skulls in with rocks?
1: Well, fictionally, it was pretty. No, I mean,
2: I agree. He had to. It was like a mutual self defense situation. I
1: loved how she was kind of taunting Katniss with Rue's death and then he was like oh yeah you did that to her oh yeah what else did you like what and then yeah
2: their interaction with him and Katniss was uh was quite good they had a sort of sort of like her a moment of solidarity yeah Yeah. he's a lot like her yeah a very survival focused guy and he you know
1: and like doesn't like debts as she yes uh, as she says Yeah. yeah
2: exactly they had a solidarity over Rue exactly yeah yeah, no, I, I like that woman a lot, and that's why I liked when she addressed his fam, his family, even though she barely knew him. Yeah,
1: and, and it's true, like she didn't know him, but she did respect him.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he saved her life, essentially.
1: Yeah. Okay, okay, so now
2: and then, uh, Chad for catching fire is mine is Finnick.
1: <laughs> oh God, why? Oh, because he's, he saves Peta.
2: He's pretty badass. He's like...
1: he's pretty badass. I'll admit because he's instrumental in the first few minutes of the games he saves like, Peter like twice yes <laughs> he
2: he's got the trident he also just like,
1: he convinces katniss not to kill him which is pretty good like she's yeah. she's about to like four times yeah and he's just somehow. like a thing
2: we're allies and, and she's then like, shows the bracelet yeah yeah and and i like him he's likable his charming yeah, he's personality likeable. that he you know his his maybe fake personality we might say uh, but then, even underneath that, we learned that he's a good guy and everything. So he's he's a Chad. He's a total Chad. Yeah,
1: he's he's an obvious Chad, though. I mean, he no looks he probably no looks exactly shocked.
2: like the Chad meme.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one's surprised that this is your pick, though. Is the thing that okay,
2: be be creative?
1: No, this isn't that creative. This is probably you would come up with this as well. The, <laughs> my, my Chad is the the old man who whistles the tune in district 11. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> the guy that who's, is creative. That is killed. <laughs> I would
2: not have come up with that.
1: Yeah, I mean that guy is kind of responsible for everything that follows. Like he he's uh brave and also symbolizes the beginning of the rebellion
2: no end. that's good yeah that's good i would not have come up with that
1: well it's because i couldn't really think of anyone else that hasn't already been said hey Mitch, obviously honorable mention i thought pita because mm. i want to reward him for being yeah. non-violent like like a peaceful i agree you know, chad i
2: agree like, that he's great you but don't uh, have to is be, he... like
1: a badass but however you kind of do have to be a badass yeah you kind of do so i
2: i love yeah. Peta, but is he a Chad? No. <laughs> I don't think you so. You know, what? I like
1: that he's he's comfortable with himself. So. Yeah, that's great. You don't have to yeah. be a Chad.
2: Yeah. He's enough. He's almost.
1: He's enough. He's
2: enough. Okay, this is being cut.
1: <laughs> this this podcast is coming out around the time that Barbie came out.
2: Yeah, and more importantly, two days after I saw it. So oh, yeah. It's fresh in my mind. <laughs> he's, he's just PETA, but he's enough. Just PETA.
1: <laughs> Anywhere else, he is a six, according to... According to... Oh, my God. very good are going to reference
2: the Onion Catching Fire <laughs> review. This is all staying in. <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: so mocking J.
2: Mocking Jay. Okay. Mocking we've J. As you could tell... I mean, probably because it's the last one you read. I, I know, finished it, it yesterday. must be
1: the recent... Oh, really? Yeah. I finished it, like, a f- last week, I yeah, think. But so, it's fresher in our minds. It's definitely fresher um, in yours. Than the other ones.
2: But we, we've we been alluding to it a lot. And I think that this is indicative of uh, just how strong Mockingjay is. And, okay, maybe unpopular opinion time again. Mockingjay, I mean, you, you probably figured it out because I said the first one wasn't my favorite. And I said Catching Fire was my least favorite. Mockingjay is my favorite book in the trilogy. Wow. I know a lot of people think it's the weakest one. Um Yeah. That's crazy talk.
1: People do think that.
2: I mean they do, right? It's it's But
1: that's because it's so dark and miserable.
2: But I think that the other ones are too. This one just sort of extends it, maybe turns it up a notch.
1: Well, this one I think the fact that there's more waiting around, being trapped, you know, yeah like in close quarters, like it's it's more dreary and dull and Ray, it is. It's know? just
2: sort of one bad thing after another.
1: Yeah, but it's also not as much action, I no. think, is why people think it's miserable. Like yes. it's depressive, rather. The others are like more like adrenaline filled.
2: This one's not. This one's yeah. definitely not adrenaline filled.
1: But it, it has its moments. Even though.
2: at the end, but even at the end it's 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 more horrible. It's like it's too horrible to get excited about. At least I found.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. And also like the yeah the settings and and actually district
2: 13 if, as a setting is just depressing
1: i found that the um the 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 action in this one or not the action but the plan
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the characters like it was a more aimless one because the, you she, mean at the
2: end the assassinate snow plan
1: like not even that but katniss the fact that the events of the book came from we want to do um like a promotional You gonna do propaganda. Shoot. Yeah, we wanna do propaganda so you're not even gonna be fighting for real or on the front lines. You're gonna be like pretending to fight somewhere and we're gonna record you. That decision is the basis of all the action. So yeah. even though it turned into, oh let's kill President Snow it was just, it all felt like for not really a noble cause. Like she wasn't contributing the way that she wanted to. No. So it just had this like feeling of disillusionment and, and it really exploitation did. And, and optics. Like that's not what she signed up for. She wants the to be whole, a soldier. You the know? whole
2: book is all about her disillusionment with her cause, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think, and, and I think that is the fact that that's. The case is I think a pretty brave decision I know. on Suzanne I'm, Collins' I'm
1: surprised. part. I was surprised reading it, like, wow. The, the 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 destroying the president isn't gonna like fix the world and like make and everything happen. She doesn't do it yeah
2: her plan fails she never she never kills presidents Snow.
1: well that was also crazy how she doesn't even really she doesn't even get to the point where she's infiltrating the castle no. or wherever his mansion is going through the rooms like finding more information out about no. him she just kind of stumbles into the street and then and the she bombing sees happens. this thing and then that's it yeah that's it like she really has little her, agency her plan
2: fails basically completely well,
1: well also she doesn't she doesn't yeah she doesn't do the things that she set out to do at all she doesn't get to
2: no i mean she doesn't do the things she set out to do i mean yeah we can come back to that but like that doesn't succeed that's that's we can come back to that with one particular thing that happens at the end of the book like that's resonant as an idea that she doesn't succeed in what she set out to do uh well, remind me to come back to that okay. as, a, as an idea <laughs> i i wrote here i i you know i wrote i took some notes i want i like this line because i think it's true okay. i told you before basically in mockingjay katniss is always <laughs> either on the brink of having a mental breakdown or actually having a mental breakdown because of all the terrible things that have happened to her in the previous books and throughout the course of this book as well
1: relentless terrible things like she can't she can't have like two seconds she really can't catch a break yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's true like uh there's like so many deaths in this book of beloved characters my chad from the last
1: everyone dies pretty
2: much everyone dies And, and
1: with very little ceremony too.
2: none basically yeah like on, like a lot of finnick's cases. death
1: was pretty that was the most you could get that was weird she
2: imagines she's him
1: that was weird she gets eaten I by he gets eaten by lizards it. i didn't love it
2: i think i heard it was
1: too sentimental
2: i think i heard somewhere that suzanne collins said that she kind of regrets finnick dying
1: oh at all if she had
2: rewritten it that would be the one major Why? change
1: because she liked him as a character
2: maybe because she thought he deserved to be happy but well, i don't know it works it works with this book
1: it does work you with it. it's like wow no one is really safe but um yeah like like the the person can i can i say who my chad was at this point or of
2: mockingjay yeah okay so yeah go ahead
1: okay Boggs yeah, is that, the chat. Yeah, he is. Okay.
2: I agree. <laughs> he
1: has integrity. He stands he by his beliefs. He spent his dying, excruciating last moments, reprogramming the, hollow, the yeah. hollow for Katniss. Yeah. And because he believes in her mission, he trusts himself. Like good for that guy. Yeah. I like bogs He's, He's got a sense of humor
2: yeah he does he's he was, got a sense of he humor he was kicked
1: in the face and he didn't rat on her still no
2: he's a good guy he's he's a good character he's like clearly tough as nails I, I
1: like the part where she says i'm gonna i decide to go ahead and like Bob. i decide
2: to go ahead yeah. and like Bob. that's when he <laughs> right. makes a joke about finnick yeah. Right? yeah like
1: against her best instincts she actually decides to like this guy or she doesn't fight the fact that she likes this guy
2: he's a dad
1: yeah i know i yeah. when she was like oh i i remembered him like holding a Boy at his hip he
2: thought of him as a robot maybe he's not yeah such a i know
1: he was a good and and um you didn't need like a really cheesy way to like introduce the fact that he's actually a good guy like yeah he was through... he's a
2: good late edition character yeah i agree yeah like uh there's actually a lot of new characters this is one of the things i like about it is that compared to catching fire it just feels very different Catching yes. Fire My Complaint was essentially that it's kind of just the Hunger Games again a second time. Not li- just literally, but also like the cast is almost identical but with the uh, inclusion of the victors, but yeah. almost everyone else sort of comes back. In this one, you know.
1: Haymitch is in this one more.
2: He's in it a lot yeah. more. Gale's in it more. Yes. Uh, well, no, nothing's Gail's perfect.
1: Gale's uh, sulking and having conversations with lot. her about why she doesn't like him.
2: But like. The the cast composition cast, the like character composition for Mocking Jay compared to the first book yeah. is very different. Even pete has gone for like half the story. I Effie's know. barely in it. Okay, you know. PETA is
1: barely in the books. Seriously.
2: This like, one you mean?
1: No, all of them. He's barely you, in the books. really. Yeah. He's in. The,
2: he's. I don't think I didn't come away with that impression at all.
1: Well, the fact that he was abducted
2: in Mockingjay, at the end of yeah. Catching
1: Fire. Yeah, like he. You really.
2: Mockingjay. He's away for a lot of it, but the other two, he's in it a lot.
1: I guess so, but just she. She's so not close to him during the victory tour and stuff like that. That I just really feel like they don't know each other that well.
2: Oh, but then you know they do that thing where he's like. Okay, maybe we could at least be friends. What's your favorite color? Yeah,
1: what's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. They just, what, it, during that conversation, I think they do say, like, oh, we've spent so much time together, like fighting for our lives, but yeah. like, no time, like just doing nothing. Like, that's very true.
2: That's interesting that you didn't feel, because I definitely felt, definitely by like the end of Catching Fire, they were definitely very close. I definitely got that feeling.
1: Well, that's that's just because his near death experience drew them a lot closer. There was more the subtle hints moments. throughout
2: the book, like how she's instantly like no we're saving PETA, not me. Like that's there's a shift, like the fact that she's like needs him to feel comfortable to not have nightmares. Like that's something like you don't just feel that way about anyone, right?
1: I know. It's just that he like if you are super traumatized by something and there's a person who went through it with you and it's really nice that's and definitely nurturing. a part of it. part of how that. do you know that what you feel for them isn't just the comfort of a presence like that
2: maybe that is maybe that is the bedrock love. of it maybe yeah. that is a kind of love though you know
1: yeah but i don't think a love should be based on your dependence on someone making you feel safe I, <laughs> we return to this topic You're really
2: dragging Katniss here. (laughs) I know,
1: I know. But it's just like I, you know, she is the one who says like, oh, I know what's different about him. It's that he can truly see me for who I am now and like all my worst qualities.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting part. I was going to say like, that's another thing about Mockingjay. The whole thing with PETA is like throughout the first two books... Not just for Katniss, but like for me, <laughs> for the audience, for the reader, <laughs> for me specifically, Pete has always sort of been there as like a warm, comforting presence yeah. to counteract all the horribleness. And the fact that in Mockingjay, he's taken away first, and then when he comes back, He's been yeah. hijacked, as they say, and, and sort of made to hate Katniss. Like, that's almost the most traumatic thing in the whole book. That like, is disturbing. The rock, like yeah. the rock, the warm, comforting person is gone. And what's more, not even just gone, but like turned the opposite a I new know. source of, of dread that
1: that um part where he said to finnick like oh she's nice finnick make sure make sure that you have a hold in her so i don't or i'll steal yeah her i'll take from her from you. you yeah and then katniss was like this was wrong for so many reasons yeah. like that was that was a good scene because it, it was like shows wow, how far he's gone he totally is totally a different person
2: he's like but, maybe maybe even the, like you could interpret it as like he's trying to make a joke again like his old self but he just can't do it in yeah. the way but the then
1: implications la- are all wrong but
2: then later on when he makes that joke about like oh you're he says to pollux he's like oh you're our best asset now the avox guy when they're in the sewer then she's like now see that is a classic PETA joke or when positive but yet a little funny but makes everyone feel good
1: not yeah not attacking anybody yeah but there was also one where um, he made the wedding cake for Annie and Finnick, yeah. and then she said thank you, and he was like, "My pleasure, Annie." And his voice had the same kindness yeah, that it it's used like, to have. It's how
2: he it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So but, it's sort but of. But that,
1: that ended up not being a real problem because he kind of regained his humanity by the end.
2: Yeah, well, off prefer- screen though. You gotta get something. You I gotta got- throw <laughs> some some kind of bone here, okay?
1: Yeah. No. Not
2: everything can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah i don't know but
2: he, but when he's gone like that's rough that's a rough part of the book
1: that was very rough when they're uh tying and retying that rope trying not to like lose their minds yeah she spends half the book sedated
2: yeah because she's like, having crazy panic normal. attacks yeah, yeah. like yeah.
1: weeks in and, drifting in and out she yeah. becomes addicted to morphling yeah
2: yeah well she gets over it
1: apparently it was so terrible though for yeah. her to get over it and she didn't even realize she was so addicted to it
2: but yeah no it's it's the darkest one like by a fair shot
1: and, and it's not just for the death it's like the psychological and uh, like super mature stuff happening around her is even more disturbing than someone just dying
2: it is it's well it's uh, this is the it's a war story i yeah. you know this is just a straight up war book in a sense unlike the other ones which are sort of they have a lot of violence in them but and political themes and goings on but this one that that's the focus yeah. is on war and what it's really like and it the series is always one of the things i said i respected is that it sort of has a frank and honest look at like the worst aspects of humanity, violence and corruption and the will to oppress people and, and so on. And this is a pretty frank and honest look at war for the gruesome and horrible phenomenon that it is. And I respect that a lot that it was, that it was successfully packaged and sold to 13 year olds to give them the message. I think, I think it's done in, I think that's, You know because you're just at the age and you can sort of start to think about serious topics you know you can handle deaths in fiction and so on and to be to be shown like i think the message is is straight on i mean to show war as being horrible in the way they do Mm -hmm. i can't fault it for that it's worse you know if you compare it to harry potter where they say they have a war i mean there are deaths right but in harry potter or star wars it's called wars (sighs) but in those i was going to say one of the things i thought was that i respected about the portrayal was not just that they show violence they've done that in the other books right. um but the fact that unlike in like harry potter or star wars in mocking jay the war is not presented as like a simple good versus evil
0: mm-hmm. conflict
2: mm-hmm. even though you could like it could easily have been that because we know that the capital and their system is quite terrible but the rebels as we see do a lot of terrible things as well and they're really not i mean i've just finished it yesterday i don't really think they're any better in terms of at least in terms of all this terrible stuff they do they're pretty much on a par with each other
1: i i actually yeah i found it very interesting how the district 13 was differentiated from the capitol and also yeah. from the districts because they're like control freaks.
2: Yeah, they they have like a society, like a clockwork society. Like yeah. everyone,
1: it's about conformity.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like a, almost like a totalitarian. Yeah, system. I
1: know. It, well, it's more like communism. Okay,
2: Tristan's <laughs> political theory moment. It's more like communism.
1: But when you think <laughs> about the capital, and it's all about. Overindulgence. they're
2: like excess yeah and they're but they're more like you might say ancient rome or maybe modern western society you might say yeah but yeah whereas district 13 doesn't have that vibe they they're, they're they have no luxuries they have no excess they they Are conformists like they they get the stamp of like on their arm of what they're going to do every day? Well, everything's tightly controlled.
1: Remember how um when they found hoarded food in the capital, the people from District Thirteen were absolutely like, yeah, scandalized by that at the idea of taking food that doesn't belong to you rightly. Well, I
2: mean, think about what they do to Katniss's prep team when one of them for
1: stealing bread, they
2: torture them because one of them was trying to get one extra loaf of. and one extra slice of bread and they torture them for that quite horribly and the scenes described really in visceral detail no
1: that was terrible where it was like the moment that you walk in you could smell like flesh unwashed bodies yeah waste and then the
2: antiseptic that they're trying to mask it with
1: oh yeah that is that was terrible
2: and that's early on in the book like the thing is it's interesting that almost from the beginning district 13 is presented as being pretty much not better than the capital. Like there's not even like a honeymoon period really where you're like, Oh, maybe district 13 is kind of all right. Like that happens in the first third of the book where they're, then they're torturing people. And then it just, it just gets worse from there really in terms of the things that the rebels do during the war, you know, not to say that the capital ever stops being evil. They don't, but there's a lot. There's a not. There's a lot of. There's a lot of evil to go around. Yeah. And that's a dynamic that I think feels very true to life.
1: Yeah. Well, I I, I liked uh, what happened with Gale. Jesus Christ. He, <laughs> he <laughs> succumbed to the temptation of yeah. you know revenge and he did. fighting fire with fire or whatever.
2: The cycle of violence. He he's willing to continue it. Yeah. He fights violence with more violence. And
1: and actually. The arc of him giving in to that temptation was very well done. Like she, yeah. she saw his reaction to a lot of things. Um, like, yeah, the well, like, District Twelve the, gets destroyed by all Yeah, bombings. yeah. Well, District Twelve, but also there's something like um, maybe it was the nut, some sort of. Well, that's that was there. so.
2: That's where he devises the strategy to trap them all underground inside the mountain yeah
1: and he was okay with all of them dying he was he wanted
2: to even block the exit yeah and, yeah. and he
1: was also weirded out that she wanted Shh. to protect people from the capital that she showed
2: concern yeah like yeah. he
1: was like why do you even care about those people and then i think something happens to him and um she looks at him and she sees his eyes and like sees that it's it's changed him forever and that he'll never be the same person or something like that are you about to bring it up the part. <laughs> well,
2: i'm gonna go to a, uh, a a scene that i thought was quite interesting um around that point uh again maybe you to stall while i find it oh but okay i think that the the idea that like you see the descent that war has a dynamic of its own where all the participants are sort of dragged into a This dynamic where it's just a descent into more and more awful and atrocious crimes, essentially. And that's just, that's what happens when a war starts. And it doesn't matter if, like, the rebels, you know, ostensibly they have the better cause. They want to replace the system with something better. But even, you know, it's like the quote of Nietzsche's when fighting monsters. Make sure you don't become a monster yourself. He probably said it in German, but... (laughs) Something to that, <laughs> something to that effect. Uh, but yeah, I mean, after this battle with the nut, I, <laughs> the battle at the nut, not with it. Although they kind of use the mountain in part of their plan. There's, um, there's like, there's a scene that I thought was quite interesting. I think, I think this has a lot of pathos to it and it gets sort of to the heart of like this style of the book and also The questions it raises it's where katniss uh goes and they're about to sort of have a firefight with the escaping peacekeepers and he says this wounded peacekeeper turns to katniss and says give me one reason i shouldn't shoot you and then katniss uh eventually says i can't and then she says logically the next thing that should happen is the man pulling the trigger but he's perplexed trying to make sense of my words I experience my own confusion as I realize what I've said is entirely true. And the noble impulse that carried me across the square is replaced by despair. I can't. That's the problem, isn't it? I lower my bow. We blew up your mine. You burned my district to the ground. We've got every reason to kill each other. So do it. And then she goes on to talk about how Mm. they should unite in face of the capital. But that's actually less interesting to me than the first part where it's like, this is the dynamic that any sort of conflict produces where you have people who are genuinely aggrieved on both sides by what the other's done. Hmm. It's essentially through no fault of their own. And then of course, at the end of that scene, after she gives this big speech, she is shot, shot. which is not by that guy, not by that guy, but it's, it, that's the kind of book, like this is the kind of thing that happens (laughs) in this book. It's like, she makes this speech, And you get shot anyway. (laughs) All all
1: the chapters end like that. It's like I gave this rousing speech and then I was shot. Yeah. Or or it's like. uh, That's when the parachutes uh, explode. we, We were laughing at what Mitch said.
2: And uh, then he died. Until he,
1: until he no no what Bog said until he stepped on and a landmine that blew
2: his, and his legs, legs off, off. <laughs> yeah or it was like, it's terrible it's or, really terrible
1: like every single chapter oh Peta rushed towards me and then, and he then started I felt choking and then me. I felt his hands of <laughs> choking my it's neck. true
2: it's true like that's the kind of book this is that's what I like about it I what I what I say to you I said I thought this book was delightfully cynical yes which it is. Uh, it's like a very deeply, even beyond cynical, almost like it has a very dark view of
1: humanity. That's why I'm like, how did you, how do you actually finish a series like this? And the way that it was done, it was a little bit patched up maybe because it wasn't like, oh, peace has been restored and everyone is happy. But it was kind of like, oh, we did find a solution that's a middle ground. Okay.
2: So yeah, do we, before, before we, finish i think like before we talk about the actual ending of it a couple more points i had another segment i wanted to okay. to read first though like just to make it clear like this is like this is essentially a horror show of, uh of a book like this like one horrible thing after another happens and I, I at a certain point when i was reading this last night i was like holy cow jesus christ this is almost too much for yeah. me uh like this <laughs> like, there is a certain scene
1: oh no but was it read. the one where the thing almost swallowed up gail and he wanted her to shoot him but she couldn't
2: i i, I don't think it's a famous oh, okay scene but this paragraph just really it's it's a lot okay oh no so this is when at the very end when they're sort of um they're trying to get the president's nose palace uh This is, like, just before they reach it. She basically goes, she says, A pod's activated ahead of us, releasing a gush of steam that parboils everyone in its path, leaving the victim's intestine pink and very dead. After that, what little sense of order there was unravels. As the remaining curlicues of steam intertwine with the snow, visibility extends just to the end of my barrel. Peacekeeper, rebel, citizen, who knows? Everything that moves is a target. People shoot reflexively, and I'm no exception. Heart pounding, adrenaline burning through me. Everyone is my enemy, except Gale, my hunting partner, the one person who has my back. There's nothing to do but move forward, killing whoever comes into our path. Screaming people, bleeding people, dead people everywhere. As we reach the next corner, the entire block ahead of us lights up with a rich purple glow.
1: Oh, I remember this. We
2: backpedal hunker down in a stairwell and squint into the light something's happened to those illuminated by it they're assaulted by what a wave a sound a laser weapons fall from their hands fingers clutch their faces as blood sprays from all visible orifices eyes noses mouths ears in less than a minute everyone's dead and the glow vanishes i grit my teeth and run leaping over the bodies feet slipping in the gore my, the wind whips the snow into blinding swirls, but doesn't block out the sound of another wave of boots headed our way. So yes, I, that I, whole, yes. that's a horror show.
1: I remember reading that like last week or two weeks ago. And it's almost too much. I, I was rereading the part about the purple because I was like, wait, what happened?
2: It's like kind of a laser it's or like, something. Like your
1: eyes are kind of just skimming over everything because it's so much chaos. And, and then you're like, oh my god
2: and like, that's one page after the scene where they see that the rebels when they're having a firefight with some peacekeepers shoot a child and kill her
1: and and it's right before i thought that the was going opens up yeah and then everyone's falling in that then, chapter
2: is just like, i know but
1: that chapter was like one of those um things that in a movie you wouldn't actually hear what's going on you would hear this like tinnitus maybe yeah sound they and might see all of it happening with some I, th- music. I feel like
2: they they really mute and sort of neutered that scene in the movie
1: i, I that's why i want to see mocking jay the movie now because i i don't really even remember it much
2: but it's... basically like yeah we've had this very grim tale of katniss slowly being disillusioned with the war her own side you know I wrote up a whole list of bad things the rebels do, but just off memory, I mean, they use child soldiers, they killed civilians in the crossfire, they, you know, famously, they torture prisoners, they famously, at this point in the story, uh, use very cruel bombs to, yeah. uh, new, new though. to kill a bunch of children. And I guess this is the segue, unless you have anything else to say about the sort of main plot. Um, this, I, I, we, we should talk about like the ending, like the last three chapters, basically.
1: Okay, well, I, I just I do want to add just one more thing to the the weapons that the capital. Has in their arsenal what the, the
2: rebels have in their the arsenal? Game.
1: No, oh, okay. Well, oh, I was, you mean the pods? I was, ta- I oh, was you mean talking about the pods, about, okay. yeah, the pods. Yeah. but not even quite the pods. Like, yes, the pods, but the pods are what made me reflect about the other things that were introduced as early as just even the Hunger Games, yeah, the tracker jackers and the jabber jays, right? Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. were really thought out, like, really great examples of. Realistic but still futuristic. Yeah, sort of sounding. genetically
2: engineered uh, yeah, creatures.
1: Yeah, like that you would use, <laughs> to, like, in during war to like weaken the other side.
2: I mean the 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 Jabberjay's story. I mean we didn't even talk about this. I mean they all know it, but like the whole story of the Mockingjays. Uh, yeah. Why why she's called the Mockingjay? That the Jabberjays were bred by the Capitol to spy on rebels. They can perfectly replicate human speech um and so they can spy on people and they're just birds but then the rebels figured it out that the birds were listening to them and gave them misinformation so the capital was like okay well we're just gonna leave all the jabberjays just to die in the wilderness because they were all males but they uh mated and hybridized with female mockingbirds so like and that's produced the mockingjay hence the name and like that the mockingjay is just a symbol an easy symbol of resistance because it's something that reminds the capital of a failure of theirs Mm -hmm. and they shouldn't have existed
1: yeah and also even the tracker jackers like just the description of what they are is very terrifying it kind of reminds you of you know gases like poisonous weapons yeah i mean people
2: who get like snake bite and venomings Sometimes hallucinate as well, like get bitten by venomous snakes. Sometimes hallucinate as well. So it's not that far fetched. Yeah. That venom could do that to you.
1: Well, just like the idea of uh, th- the effects that it could have on you being used as like a weapon is really scary. It it kind of, yeah, it reminds me of like gas attacks. Yeah. But also, yeah, like some sort of venomous, like or the psychological s- aspect. Hallucinogenic, like that is when she describes her dreams. just like the bottom opens and she's in another horrific nightmare and then she thinks that's the last of it and then it's another one yes that sounded horrible and it was endless and it's a combination of her worst fears all combined spliced together like
2: the chapter in in the first book yeah where she describes it is, is quite evocative yeah. stuff like,
1: and and she doesn't know what's real as she's stumbling around like even now her memories recalling that time and what happens so she's not sure if she really
2: saw pita yeah no. and, and
1: if she and like glimmer she thought that she was leaking all this liquid. yeah she was and, like
2: oils all over her yeah. and like swollen and it everywhere
1: real. like you don't know though because like
2: maybe maybe yeah, that is a side be. effect
1: yeah so that was a really good setup for mentioning that tracker jacker venom was used to brainwash Peta yeah because it's like oh this this could really fuck him up like yes. psychologically in- introducing uh these kinds of memories and images to override his actual memories yeah pretty effective i i believe it
2: <laughs> there's a lot of foreshadowing too i mean there's a lot of clever moments like in the first book they foreshadow plutarch the guy who falls flashing
1: the mockingjay in his watch you mean
2: no in the in the first book before you even know his name she shoots the air with the game makers and plutarch falls into a bowl of punch is that right oh yeah and then he's like i was the guy who fell into the bowl of punch <laughs> i know but then she no way
1: she thought about that you in don't the think book. i think
2: she did really or it's possible i mean she mentions joanna mason by name in the first book as well oh she says I remember watching Joanna Mason pretend to be small and weak, but then really she was a killer. or with she, an axe. I don't
1: know if she used her name. She though. used her name.
2: Oh, I remember because oh. I remember reading it like last two weeks ago or like last week or, oh. or whatever, and being like, "Oh," I, and because I was like, "Oh, she comes in later." <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I remember like the name. Yeah. So there's like I think she planned it out to to a large yeah. degree.
1: Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that was just one aspect of dystopian futuristic you know but not too far off like uh, speculative Do
2: you like the lizard guys
1: Yeah that that's what made me reflect on the other stuff the lizard guys felt fake they're
2: just sort of lizards they're, yeah they're just
1: lizards they they're, smell like roses they're like the they're like the dogs which are also good but that was
2: that was particularly good because they looked like the other tributes
1: did you know the movie didn't try because it would have looked too weird like cgi'd yeah human eyes and dogs i don't
2: remember the movie that well it's been 10 years since i saw, yeah. it. I just saw it in the theater i once. saw it
1: yesterday and like they're just dogs
2: they're just normal wolves yeah. Yeah. yeah like
1: no they they look like dogs
2: they look like jacob from Twilight. no they look like dogs <laughs> what do it just mean taylor lautner <laughs> just a bunch yeah, of taylor Lautners. They do not
1: look like that like at all they just look like kind of chunky porky vicious dogs right
2: wild dog okay
1: yeah anyway so yeah, yeah do you
2: want to get into like the ending like the last act like the last few chapters or is there anything else you'd like to say about like other parts of mockingjay
1: no, I don't. I don't think so. Other than that, I was a bit um, l- like let down by the fact that her mission was to just be video recorded doing all these things, and that is exactly how she felt, probably.
2: Yeah, not probably. No, definitely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but... If only
2: we knew what Katniss thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but just like her. Her her mission even isn't even noble. Like the the thing that she's doing, even if everything worked out perfectly, I mean would within still the context, feel too shallow and like meaningless. Just
2: making propaganda. Yeah,
1: she's literally making propaganda. Well,
2: that, I mean, it, it's it's like she's in the same situation. She's always been in. People are trying to like make her project an image of her. Yeah,
1: and and that's why she has to act. I I realize I've just been viewing this series completely wrong without that missing piece of like awareness of appearances and television and her being used, yeah, as, as an image or a symbol. Yeah. It's nothing new. She always has stylists, makeup artists, costume coaches people, for interviews. coaches. Yeah, yeah. Like in every book. And this one was no exception. So yeah, I just they're thought just that different. was a nice through line. Like she stayed Suzanne Collins stayed consistent in like the kind of things that Katniss is enlisted to do and the the tr- like realizing and becoming disillusioned with like the end purpose of it is always not something that she chose or not in her best interest or yeah, best interest of those around her. For so, sure. Yeah. Um, now we can get into the ending.
2: Okay. So I feel like the, like the main reason why uh, Mockingjay is my favorite is essentially for the last three chapters of the book. Cause I think that they, they really do a great job at, at ending the series at in sort of at the last moment, expanding upon and sort of putting the final um, exclamation point, which I know Suzanne Collins likes to use, final sort of exclamation point on a lot of the themes that, that the books have been sort of building to. And I also just like the, the very end. I think she ties the, the series up I, I in a really neat bow, but we'll get to that maybe at the actual end. Uh, first, a summary of the plot events, and then we can dissect them.
1: Oh, oh, of the just last a quick, three chapters? Just a, yeah, just okay. a quick summary Starting of what with happens. Prim's death? Because I
2: think everything that happens here is actually important. Okay. And worth just setting up the context. Yeah. As you said, right, at the at the end of chapter 25, I think. Yeah. No, 24, because 25, 26, 27 are the last three. So at the end of chapter 24, right after the scene I read about with, like, the people being vaporized horribly, um, Katniss is, like in a crowd of refugees she's trying to sneak into the Mm -hmm. mansion to kill snow and she sees right by the president's mansion this this sort of large group of refugee children from the capital and then a hovercraft appears drops bombs on them they're the sort of bomb where first one round of them go off medics show up and one of them is prim kind sister who we didn't say it, but everyone knows Katniss goes into the Hunger Games because she volunteers because Prim gets chosen instead. She gets reaped and Katniss goes to protect her. Her younger sister who the whole inciting incident of the story yeah. was about Katniss trying to protect her and then a second round of bombs go off. And again, this, the whole series has been about Katniss trying to save Prim and Prim is killed. She fails at her most important goal. Like she would, if you asked her, "What's your main goal?" She would say to protect Primrose, like almost certainly. And Prim's killed. So like Katniss is like the very core of her being. She's failed at her primary goal.
1: The reason for all of this even happening.
2: The yeah, the reason for everything happening. It's a real punch in the gut, and very, very again, it's a brave move on Suzanne Collins' part. I really respect that choice. Because it really does just drive home, like, in wars, it doesn't matter from your perspective, your loved ones are the most important people in the world. But from the perspective of the war and people in power, like, they're not. They're just, they're disposable to a certain extent. Uh, So then that sort of sets in motion the events of the last few chapters. So... Katniss has a sort of extended period of mental instability, as you might expect. Because not only does Prim die, but less importantly, she gets pretty horribly wounded by the blast. Um, Then she's sort of, she's staying in the president's palace. But she's mute. She refuses to speak, yes. Good good detail I missed, but it's important, yeah. Um, She refuses to speak. The doctors are like, well, clearly it's trauma, you know. Whatever, just let her be she said earlier in the story that she wanted to execute president snow if they captured him and won and uh eventually she wanders around the the palace and runs into a garden it's guarded by two soldiers but they let her in suffice to say and she meets president snow And that's when president snow i love this scene too like it's
1: this one's actually even better than the first one it is
2: It's, it's one of the best scenes in the whole series i think it's just short but it's so meaningful he basically you know he tells her you know first of all he's the first person to say that he's sorry about her sister dying
1: oh really
2: yeah at least that they mention no one else, I think, I think everyone else didn't want to talk about it to her because they were afraid it would set her off. But President Snow's the first person to say that he was sorry for Prim. Then uh, he goes on to say, you know, he's like, oh, this was so unnecessary, so wasteful. Okay. <laughs> it's like, that's the kind of guy we're talking about um he's no, like
1: but that makes the best case it for, does he for says why he would never do
2: it he says well we, we both know i'm not above killing children but <laughs> when i do it i take life for a very specific reason and it's like it's perfectly combines like him as this hateful guy but also that's exactly it's why it's exactly why you believe him uh and he goes on to detail that the hovercraft that dropped the bombs that killed prim was not from the capital but from the rebels from her own side supposedly because and they did it because they wanted to frame the capital to make it look like they were bombing their own children to break the loyalty of the last holdouts
1: peacekeepers and the like
2: which worked
1: yeah and he says
2: he says i concede it was a masterful plan on coin's part uh and at this point katniss's world is unraveling even further because she's like my my own side she's trying to deny it she's saying of course he's lying these lines can't be true uh, and then, uh, and, he, and he even says, like, you know, look, if I had, had a hovercraft, I would have tried to escape, you know. Yeah. And why would I bomb my own children for no reason, my, you know, capital's own children? There's absolutely no reason for me to do it. And then she remembers a scene where Gale uh, and Beatty design a type of bomb that goes off twice. Uh, once to, to cause, like, you know chaos and kill people and wound people and the second time to kill the people rushing in to help them which would include like prim because she was a medic that's and she was killed in the secondary blast so then katniss you know is starting to piece together that yeah he's actually telling the truth the first thing she says after the incident is that she says i don't believe you but then snow says i thought we agreed never to lie to each other and it's almost like he's saying, y- "You're lying by saying you don't believe me."
1: yeah. He knows
2: He knows that she she can tell that he's not and
1: lying. that that one sentence is what breaks her mutism.
2: yeah, exactly. It's a great scene. It's one of the great scenes of the series, I think. Uh, their dynamic is so interesting.
1: yeah, like just like her and Hamish, they understand each other. They do they, they have h- a rapport.
2: They, they sort of see each other as sort of a worthy adversaries, you know, in a sense, even though they, they clearly hate each other on a certain level, but they also, like you said, understand each other and even maybe, maybe even respect each other in a sort of strange way as, as worthy opponents. Mm -hmm. So then there's, uh, the day, the day comes when they're going to execute President Snow, um, because he's tried and found guilty of war crimes. I mean, he doesn't did.
1: She, doesn't she ask someone if it's true?
2: Um, no? I think
1: she has like a breakdown after this scene where she's freaking out. With
2: Gail, he's like, she's like, "Was it your bum? And he's like, "I don't know. Oh, no, what, I don't know."
0: Was that? Was that I don't it? remember
2: if that comes next. It's not important. Anyway, the, yeah. the next scene is important though. The scene where they're discussing. So this is like just before she's about to execute Snow president coin we haven't talked about a lot actually yet but i think is one of the the best characters not likable at all but one of the best characters in mockingjay another reason i like it so much president coin the leader of district 13 she called you know the, the leader of the rebels who is now the president of panem basically um she calls all the surviving hunger games victors to have this meeting where she proposes that instead of uh instead of so there are people uh, in the rebellion who are apparently calling essentially for genocide (laughs) against every capital citizen like which again doesn't speak too well to the moral fiber of the rebels that there would be apparently many i think she says people are calling to to eliminate all capital citizens that which is genocide Um, And then she says something like, yeah, but we couldn't do that because we couldn't replace the population. That's what she says. (laughs) That's the reason. That's why she doesn't want to do it. So that's President Coyne. And, you know, it gets worse and worse. I mean, we already know that she killed Prim, essentially. She ordered the bombing that killed Prim. Yeah, we can't commit genocide because we won't have enough people left. Uh, And then she asks that as a compromise, instead of doing that, they only have a final hunger games where they uh use the children of prominent capital people like snow as a granddaughter for example i mean she you know she's definitely on the list (laughs) um and they ask the victors to vote on whether they should do this or not because they're the ones who presumably uh have the the right to decide this and the last quote so i think this is important
1: I, well. I know what quote you're gonna say it's is it her interiority before she gives her answer <laughs>
2: <laughs> very possible when
1: she's like nothing will ever change Very.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is what she thinks when they're talking about whether they should have a new hunger games uh she goes katniss imagines what it must have been like when the first hunger games are being planned she says was it like this then 75 years or so ago Did a group of people sit around and cast their votes on initiating the Hunger Games? Was there dissent? Did someone make a case for mercy that was beaten down by the calls for the deaths of the district's children? The scent of snow's rose curls up into my nose, down into my throat, squeezing it tight with despair. All those people I loved, dead. And we're discussing the next Hunger Games in an attempt to avoid wasting life? Nothing has changed. Nothing will ever change now. This, I think this this show is the sort of this is what's being at stake here essentially I made the point earlier about how the scene where she kills Marvel it's like the cycle of violence uh, when you've been wronged when people have been taken from you when you've seen loved ones be killed violently how do you respond do you respond with more violence as Katniss did or sort of had to and but in that sense, you didn't really have a choice. In this case, they've defeated the capital. What are they gonna replace the capital system with? Are they gonna replace it with anything better? Was this war for anything, or are they just going to replace one form of tyranny with another that's really not so different? I love how they're able to use the Hunger Games as like, you know, the institution of the Hunger Games as sort of a, a metaphor for that larger point of what do you do when you've overthrown an oppressive regime like how many times in history have we seen it happen that one oppressive system is overthrown maybe by people idealistically hoping to make it better but once they get in power they end up recommitting the same atrocities and ruling in just as arbitrary and tyrannical a fashion as the people they've replaced it just feels so real like if this really happened They really would discuss having a second Hunger Games with capital children. And, you know, they say it's the last one. Who's to say it's the last one, you know? Um, Anyway, so they they have the vote. And, of course, PETA, my darling. (laughs) (laughs) My beloved PETA says, of course we can't.
1: The only one other than Annie.
2: Yes. Yeah, the only one other than Annie, I think. I think you're right and
1: obaria joanna
2: yeah that's true they they both say yes so yeah Peta says no of course we can't that's morally wrong no bd says no as well he says it would set a bad precedent and we have to work towards peace mm. now and then annie says no because finnick, finnick wouldn't have wanted it which i'm sure he wouldn't i'm sure he would vote against it um, yeah and then in or whatever she's got shark teeth so of course, of course she would vote for it
0: well
1: she's from like one or two right? she's from two yeah,
2: which is sort of the villain district also she was, but not never, really. she,
1: she was never even really confirmed to have been in the rebellion she wasn't she was just protected by Katniss's uh,
2: immunity yeah, yeah
1: ultimatum yeah.
2: Uh, yeah and then Joanna come on Joanna you
1: know what I don't hold it against Joanna though is the thing and I think that anyone would say that they understand that perspective. Yeah, you and, can understand. And you it. can understand someone who's been so damaged as that. Obviously like you don't you don't hold it against someone that they're that they have an ignorant view because of lack of exposure to, you know, less ignorant
2: things. No, it's like it's like the theme we said about like the cycle of violence. When you've been wronged, when you've had violence inflicted on you, it's very natural to want to retaliate against the people who've done it to you. Um even though I would say, you know, who's just like me with my easy life? But I would say that um, it's not the moral thing to do. That revenge is not the moral thing to do. And that, you know, trying to move on, as PETA said, or even BD, nerd that he might be, and or Annie, even though she didn't really think of it herself.
1: BD, the guy who helped develop, who helped the develop bombs. some pretty
2: cruel bombs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's just say Peta. Let's just stick with him. Like, yeah, let's just I, I, totally, I completely agree with Peta morally on this question. We can't respond to being wronged by wronging others. Anyway, that's just my view. Who cares what my well, view is? Well,
1: of course. Like, yeah. I don't think you really <laughs> expect anyone to disagree with that.
2: Controversial statement. I don't think we should have the Hunger Games <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Even if... <laughs> yeah, okay. And then, then Katniss, of course. She's just had the the news drop essentially of what happened with prim that coin the woman who's proposing this it was her idea also by the way it was coin's idea to have this last hunger game she was like was this plutarch's idea and coin says it was my idea oh okay. yeah so because probably because she saw how effective it was a means of control under the capital mm-hmm. and she's like ah i'm gonna add that to the the old playbook
1: well also it is it is practical for her to not destroy every member of the capital like yeah it, it'll it'll also keep the masses happy
2: yeah that's it it'll keep the rebels it'll sate the thirst for blood which is the whole thing about the hunger games in the capital originally they just flipped who's doing it which doesn't make it any better of course mm-hmm. um and then so katniss yes katniss is sizing up her options and after and it,
1: after that block of interiority that was just read
2: yes he said nothing will ever change will we ever be able to yeah she says that she is in favor of having the games and then hey mitch we've talked about the scene already she goes let's see how much he really understands me he's looking at her like what's I'm trying to figure out what she's uh, you know going uh what she's I trying think to he do knows, here though. I, I think, think he, he knows. figures it out even
1: though how could you
2: they just understand each other i think
1: he just trusts that she, she obviously would plan. never be okay with this and that she's gonna do she something. has some other plan
2: cooking yes. so to speak
1: and he says i'm going with the mocking Jay yeah i'm with i'm with the mocking Jay.
2: yeah so they so the votes carried and they're going to supposedly have this last hunger games then they have the scene where katniss is going to execute president snow They give her a fancy bow and arrow to do it and uh you know she's all prepared to do it she remembers um i think she remembers the last conversation they had where uh he said he's looking she's looking at his face and he's 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 not scared or angry or anything he's just sort of amused looking and she remembers that he had said that they agreed never to lie to each other and then she's like okay so it's true and famously she does not execute snow she executes president coin instead shoots her with an arrow and
1: she's in big trouble now
2: yeah but actually not that (laughs) big trouble considering what she did
1: the person who would punish her for it has just died
2: yeah pretty much Uh, and then after that
1: uh yeah so that's what i'm confused about what happens after that in terms of the leader and what the society is okay
2: so right it's ambiguous
1: but it's not that ambiguous right it's like someone was someone so commander paler
2: who was one of the rebel generals who they meet in district 8 at the scene at the hospital we didn't talk about it but whatever um commander paler becomes the president
1: like the interim president right
2: i think i think they say they voted on it or maybe that they would vote on it
1: or that others would be voted for different areas
2: plutarch is a high ranking government member and so on we didn't talk about plutarch but we did a little bit we did uh so, anyway, but like, yeah, some, some sort of mid level rebel general becomes the new president. But of I think M.
1: they imply this is good because she understands the people a bit better.
2: I think that's true. We and don't Katniss really. didn't
1: say she disliked her when she met her.
2: No, it's true. Uh, it's ambiguous, though, exactly what happens. Does Penin become a functioning I know. democracy? And does
1: it matter? I mean, like, it doesn't focus on it, which it is. It doesn't weird. at all. It doesn't it, focus. Don't you think it's strange? It doesn't. Go into it a bit more considering like the whole problem with everything stems from the government and the rulers and it, it's
2: true well the one thing we know for sure is that there's no more hunger games
1: well you i think i think we can assume that it's a better society considering that she lives the next 15 years yeah. and her kids don't know any
2: and she any so wiser. she was not willing to have kids because she was so afraid you know she didn't want to bring kids into a world like hers where they might go to the hunger games and yeah essentially the proof that it's at least better again it's i think i like that it I actually don't mind that it's vague mm-hmm. we aren't told and it became a functioning democracy with parliament and an elected president <laughs> and a constitution like okay it's
1: true. at least we, we can we can infer that it's it's okay enough that you can have children yeah after 15 years right
2: and that's and for katniss we said she doesn't really care about if it's a republic or whatever she just wants to feel okay enough that it you know the world is good enough that she doesn't mind bringing children into it. And yeah, so at the end she goes back to district 12. That scene with the oh, that scene with the cat kind of got to me. I am not joking, it got to me where she's like screaming at the cat. Yeah. Prim's dead, she's not coming back. It and got to me. And the
1: cat kind of understood her. Yeah. And also I think wasn't she like of all the people who died during this war, this cat somehow survived.
2: Yeah, it maybe made his way back from District Thirteen. Yeah, and so they go back to their homes, uh, and then Peter comes back. He's planting primroses in the garden because he's just, just like he's just a sweet guy.
1: I know, but he's a sweet guy after he was brainwashed. Like they he made really, it back. They don't really show him. He mostly made it back. Changing from that. there's a
2: gradual change. I yeah, think. I know. You can pick up. It's fine. Uh, and then eventually basically and Hamish is living there with them and District 12 is repopulated and essentially uh, Katniss and Peeta get together finally they get I guess married uh, we can assume uh, though I like both the last line of the, the, epilogue. the book and the epilogue yeah. the last line of the real book they have this thing where Peeta's being brainwashed so they have this game where he asks is this real or not real. Uh, and so at the very end of the chapter 27 she goes so when he finally asks me uh you love me real or not real i answer real that's very sweet i like that a lot i like that that ending and then of course the iconic last line of the book so the epilogue shows that they had kids because peter wanted them and katniss like i said was was finally willing to to, to do it to have kids which he wasn't before um they have children and katniss describes how
1: they play in the meadow
2: yeah and actually she describes isn't it a game that she plays in her own head to keep herself sane
1: no i think she was like one day they'll have to know about all this right. and then i'll tell them how i deal with it all or something of, let's see yeah true you let's have see look right there
2: she scholastic sales forces oh wait i went too far forward there <laughs> how's that joke <laughs> it's terrible uh Right. She makes, she plays a game where she makes a list of every act of goodness she's seen someone do. She says it's like a game. Repetitive, even a little little tedious after more than 20 years, but there are much worse games to play. That last line is very. It's a banger. Iconic. It's an iconic last line. And I think, I think the the ending, like the last ending lines really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I think, uh, and I think that the last three chapters, they focused on very important very important themes that had been built up in Mockingjay and, and even to a certain extent in the, the other, the other books, like maybe catching fire more than most, but the scene where we see like what Coin's planning to do, essentially how she's taken over Panem and is probably gonna just be a second snow. Like it makes the point that like, you know, like I was saying, like what happens after an old regime gets toppled is kind of more important than just the fact that it is toppled because it could very easily be just more of the same in new paint in rebel paint or district 13 paint rather than capital paint um and like you should you know that in a in, in in a war right the ostensible good guys even the side that you're on is not immune from committing terrible acts just because you're on that side or you feel like they're fighting for a better cause. Maybe they are fighting for a better cause, but that does not make them immune from committing atrocities like we see District 13 and the rebels do. And like, you know, in any sort of movement, even in a movement of anti-government rebels, the people who tend to crawl their way to the top of, of power tend to be the ones who are the most power hungry and ruthless, like we see with coin. Clearly she's incredibly ruthless and power hungry. So even within an organization that's like a rebellion, the people who make up the leadership tend to be the same sorts of people who make the leadership in any big institution. That's you know uh, like it's a, it's a sort of very cynical message. It's almost a deconstruction of the idea of the rebellion that was being set up and catching fire. But that's why I love the character of Coin so much because she embodies all these ideas. uh, How she really is. Her and President Snow are, and this is a very subtle bit of symbolism here, sort of like two sides of the same coin.
1: Oh my God. Did you
2: not? Is that (laughs) it? Did you not think of that?
1: No, I thought Coin was more like represented her greed and her like power hungry. I've always
2: taken it to be that. That her and the capital are
1: two sides of the same coin. coin. Oh, I thought it was more like yeah, coin, money. She's not
2: even really greedy. She's not after money. She's after control and power.
1: Well, that's remember when we talked about the names earlier, and I was like, oh, what do you think each one represents?
2: Well, this one I know. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm ninety percent, ninety percent confident at this one.
1: Well, now that you mention it, I mean, her and her
2: and Snow are. Here's another. What Snows? well, he's cold and heartless. I,
1: I know, but that's, like... Her
2: that's and it? Snow, they're two sides of the same coin. Here's another banger line. Oh, no. They're both, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And this is the danger with any sort of leader, right? They just sort of see people as pieces. Oh,
1: my God. Okay. In
2: their games. Yeah. yeah, They do. Like, she kills Prim because she thinks it would get, get her an advantage.
1: Well, the, uh, another thing that's weird about the series, I think, is that, like, Katniss is so much less political than you think she's not actually interested in that kind of she's thing. not which she's, i like she's that drawn into it against her will but she doesn't she, care she
2: becomes it. the mockingjay by accident
1: yeah and she doesn't want to be a leader
2: and other people are always using her
1: yeah and and she never really escapes from that until the very very end
2: that's good because like i was just saying like leaders are not you know they're not uh they're usually not the role models that I think we should be selling to kids. Like political leaders are almost always, you know, varying degrees, obviously, but they almost always have to do some dirty stuff to get to where they are, you know?
1: Well, going back to talking about Mockingjay is wonderfully cynical. Delightfully cynical. Delightfully cynical. I mean, yeah, like it is as far as it goes for leaders and politics, it's, yeah, none it's of them. It's not offering we... solutions. It is just kind of like a buyer beware yeah. message. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, there's that part where, where Plutarch, where Katniss is, Plutarch makes a joke like, well, I don't really know what to do with you. Maybe if we have another war. And she oh, goes, yeah. are you planning another war? And he's like, no, this is the sweet time where everyone wants to be, you yeah. know, happy and forget all the, the horrors. Next, like
1: 20 years or something.
2: But we're fickle. We're a fickle and sort of, you know, terrible species or so. I don't know. He doesn't put it like that. He's like, people will forget, but I mean, he says maybe this time it'll stick.
1: What What is your opinion of Plutarch?
2: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Because, because
1: I was, I was flip flopping between like, does he really just care about his own, um, you know, life, and he just wants to be in a position of power, or does because... he have ideals? Yeah, because she kept saying like, oh, he's, he's, you know, you can't. Get he doesn't of... trust. He Once doesn't a trust. Game him. maker, always a game maker. Yeah, and also and... like he seems to have an awareness of things but he also seems kind of indifferent to what actually happens she doesn't she
2: clearly doesn't like him
1: yeah she
2: doesn't trust him
1: she doesn't trust him but i mean or have a positive opinion on him like what are we supposed to think
2: right i think that i think that well katniss like you said she doesn't care about politics so to speak she doesn't care about the big picture stuff ideals um really she doesn't care about Abstract political stuff. She cares about pragmatic, real world, personal relationships, and that's basically it. Mm -hmm. And there's a few, and you know, she doesn't want the games because that affects her personally. Whereas Plutarch is almost the opposite, I think. He's all, I think he does have, I think he's a genuine believer in trying to make the system better. But I think that he's perfectly willing to. You know, do terrible things to accomplish his goals, and he is a bit—he's de- very detached from individual people. Yeah. He, he's the opposite; he's completely detached from the individuals.
1: But he is a bit idealistic.
2: I think he because does. Of I mean, course, he, he risked he's, he's his life. Rebels, so. He risked his life. Like, if Snow had caught him, yeah. he'd be dead. Like, he's not cowardly.
0: Yeah,
2: he's not—he's not a glamorous figure, but I think he's—he's he's sort of a. He's sort of an ends just by the means kind of guy, whereas Katniss is way too pragmatic to be like that. Hmm. So I don't think Plutarch's a great person. Uh, I think he might be necessary, though. I think the book presents a world where it's impossible to do things perfectly. You hmm. can't achieve change. Unfortunate though it is, you can't achieve change without, at least in this sort of way, without a road of terrible things leading there. Hmm. I don't know. That's sort of the message I took, or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> she says something like, "It's just terrible that we have to live in a world where things like this happen," doesn't she?
1: Who, Katniss?
2: Yeah, I think that's when they shoot the child in the crossfire. Oh. Uh, or she's the, talking the with Gale. Child. Yeah. Where she's talking with Gail. Yeah, and and this, uh, about something I forget exactly where I didn't mark it out. But she says, it "Just it's just terrible that I think Gale's trying to like be like, well, they're from the capital, <laughs> you know. It's war; we have to do this." And Katniss is just saying, "It's just terrible that we have to live in a world where things like this happen." Yeah, something like that. Hunger Games fans, don't come at me. I
1: know I, I don't remember this.
2: It's something cl- similar to that. It's in one of the but later chapters. She and chapters. Gale have
1: lots of conversations like that in this final book. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I believe it.
2: I think I hope you understand now why it's my favorite.
1: I, I definitely... Listeners. <laughs> like, I I respect that is your choice.
2: Is it not yours?
1: I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Other You than agree that, that
2: Catching Fire is last. Yes.
1: I, like, other than that, I think Catching Fire is last. I thought that the, the establishing of details in Hunger Games was the most intriguing.
2: Hungry Games 1, I can totally understand why most people, I think, would probably say that's their favorite. Yeah. It might be, it might be from like a technical point of view, from a literary point of view, the strongest in in terms of like the plotting. I just think that the investigation, like the questions and themes raised by Mockingjay were so interesting. And I mean, especially because it's aimed at 12-year-olds, it's almost a miracle that the book could be this thought-provoking as it is
1: I know well looking back on it I definitely didn't pick up on a lot of those things at that age
2: it sort of ropes you in with the the strength of the character work. yeah with like what's
1: gonna happen to Katniss who's she gonna
2: pick (laughs) (laughs) that's part I like the the character work the 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 accessibility of the style the writing um it hooks you in with those things oh I you know I'm a 12 year old girl I wish I was Katniss shooting bows and having boys fall in love with me I think like if you
1: actually read it though no one wants to be Katniss like no No one one wants to have
2: the stuff happen to Katniss that happens to her but to be like a badass with a bow and arrow yeah I think a lot of
1: well to be Jennifer Lawrence you would want more to be
2: Yeah, yeah more to be movie Katniss yes
1: Because Book Katniss is... She is like a pill to swallow. She really... It's like, my God. That's what's
2: great about her. Yeah. No, I
1: I do like her. True. Jennifer
2: Lawrence Katniss, she's like been in the games for two weeks, yet she still has perfect makeup and hair. Yeah,
1: And she's like... Yeah, she's at a healthy weight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But um, the, the only thing that I wanted to add about Mockingjay on a much smaller scale than the themes that you were talking about is just I thought that the... The, as i've i've kind of touched on this before but i found that the conclusion was very haunting it's like that gentle gradual passage of time classic
2: bittersweet ending
1: yeah and i thought it was written in a way that was like very i don't know it was closer to literary than the pieces of shit that have Look. come from this series like it, it, there are
2: some moments where the writing, like the, it was
1: haunting. I found. Yeah. The part with the geese and and how Hamish lives beside her, but he never visits, even though he said he will. Yeah. And Slowly, things start to return to District Twelve, and it's it's just this gradual, like very soft and gentle conclusion to this really violent and jarring book.
2: I think that's it's almost like to say that that's enough, right? yeah that we don't know again we don't know what kind of constitution panem has but we know that katniss can live a life where she has some peace finally with PETA, and they both can live a life with Mm -hmm. some peace and children some Mm -hmm. fulfillment
1: and and she was mentioning like he still has to like grab the back of a chair when his flashbacks come on right they
2: mentioned that when you've been through this sort of astronomical amount of trauma that these characters have it never leaves mm-hmm. it never just goes away but they can not move past it but build a life where that's not the only thing
1: yeah but i i also just it's just that part with Hamish was was disturbing to me how he just goes back right to back. what he was doing before the hunger games the first book even started he's just back there for the rest of his life and that's yeah. what the capital has done to him, or that's what his experiences. Yeah, have that's done what the that's what
2: the system did. Yeah. And the hope is that the children, the next generation,
1: who don't really even know about,
2: won't them. have to yeah. deal with it. for For Katniss's generation and <laughs> Haymitch's, they're
1: ruined already.
2: They are. I mean, yeah. well, ruined, but they're ruined together. They're then. they they have scars that won't heal. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that's why the the bit with the children is is. I guess Harry Potter did the same thing, if you think about it, but less deftly. Because it's just the epilogue is like, and he had kids, <laughs> but uh, I think it was trying to get at a similar thing, but the hope is that by having children, they will live, they'll live a better life.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: But in Harry Potter, it's not as good.
1: Well, it, it also is interesting. It's still bittersweet, the ending, because it's kind of like for them to lead a better life, they have to have not known the things that we know now. And and yeah. they 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 are happy right now, but one day we'll have to tell them, or or they know nothing of this right now. Yeah. and that is why they can play in the meadow or whatever. But telling
2: them is one thing, but they won't have to go through it. Yeah, is the idea.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I I thought that the I thought she kind of nailed all three endings i really like what's the fr- oh
2: all three endings of the of, of, yeah. of the
1: three books like i love the catching fire ending too where it's good there no is one's no. telling her is straight no one's giving her a straight answer
2: there is no district Gail. 12 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that i mean i remember the li- i remember each of the closing lines like yeah. i don't want to lose the boy with the bread no i'm already losing the boy with the yeah, bread yeah and
1: that was also really sad it was kind of like oh this closeness that they've that they've uh, carved out for themselves during the games, they'll never really reach that again with each other. There's already this rift, and it's because of her and her own decisions and her own uh, like indecision. But she's like mourning their closeness already. Like yeah. she wants it back, even though she knows it's not real.
2: It's, uh, like, it's maybe it's become partially real. Yeah, partially. Well, she she definitely cares for him in some way yes yeah and
1: and then i like how in catching fire she's kind of asking everyone like what happened what happened no one's, what yeah, happened? No
2: one's telling
0: her
1: and then when gail comes in he's he's starting to tell her to brace her for like these horrible truths and, then and then she, then says, she stop. says don't yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah. like don't but then but gail has never been one to lie to me or something yes and I then he tells her it. it's like she's not even ready to hear the truth at this point
2: i mean what we've just seen here is that it's really good at memorable lines yeah we were able to it not sticks the ending these last few we haven't been looking at the books we've just been doing it by memory like there there's a lot of there's a lot of things I had it I must say I had a great time revisiting these books depressing though they might sometimes be yeah because it was almost like I was uh reliving my childhood in a sense I I, I would all so often I'd be Reading through the book, and I'd be like, Oh, I remember that.
1: Yeah, or I hadn't or thought about it in I, a long time. I didn't, yeah, or like I never picked up on this detail, but that's yeah, adds a layer to it that I didn't oh for know sure existed.
2: Like, none of the things I said about Mocking Jay. Or very few of them. (laughs) I was thinking when I read it famously twice in one day when I was 12.
1: (laughs) That's another thing too is it's really not a commitment to read this trilogy. Like you just, you probably have the books in your house already. You're done like one a
2: day. You know what I will say? I agree. Like they're very readable. You can read one in a day or maybe two days easily. Mm -hmm. uh, Like I said, I famously read Mockingjay (laughs) twice over in one day when I was a kid. Uh, but what's interesting is that even when I was like 12, I didn't pick up on why, but I think it, I think Mockingjay actually has been my favorite since I read it.
1: Well, cuz you famously read it twice.
2: So there I don't I I was I wouldn't be able to articulate why, I think when I was that young. But I I just something about it, I famously read it twice. So something <laughs> really resonated with me and I knew from like that point from like talking to kids at recess about it that's how long ago this was that i feel like even then i knew that i was most people disagreed that mockingjay was the best but something about it i think i think i it was the it was what i was talking about today but i just you know wouldn't be nearly able to articulate these thoughts at age 12. right but so it it felt good to sort of put it out there why not only all of them. I, I love all of these books, but Jay in particular has always really resonated with me. But I love all of them. I love I love this series, man.
1: You love them? Yeah. Wow. You know, so, in the,
2: you know am I going to say that these are the best books of all time? No. Uh, They're not uh, the best books okay, of all time. You
1: don't have to roast it. You can just <laughs> say that you love it.
2: <laughs> but... If I'm being honest with myself, yeah, I loved I loved rereading these books. It was a great experience. It was
1: definitely like a great uh, summer read. And more resonant than I think people culturally have given it credit for. It
2: does have the reputation of it's sort of a shallow young adult. It has
1: because it has the reputation of all the books in its subcategory. The books that it spawns
2: really are like that. But the Hunger Games series, we, we've just been talking about it for three hours. so 21 I, minutes. So I too. think that proves that there is there is substance here. There is genuine substance in yes. these books.
1: And I also think that, like, Suzanne Collins' experience with war or with, like, a father with yeah. a military background is a very valuable Thing to give her context for this topic, because imagine someone trying to write about this kind of um, kind of fun gimmicky idea without some sort of real like grounding information to help portray the like impoverished districts and all of those other aspects of it that make it feel so real. It could have been just as bad as the series it spawned.
2: Yeah, no but I don't think it would have been the um I don't think it would have been the success that it was and spawned all those imitations if it wasn't
1: mm-hmm.
2: as as good as it was.
1: So that concludes our segment. Was it worth it? And I think yeah, the I answer think, is a resounding yes. Yeah, I
2: think yeah. <laughs> no, actually it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think we both uh, came uh, came away from this having sort of a new appreciation for yeah. these books that we both loved as children. And still do. Yeah.
1: It was definitely very worthwhile. And um, I don't know. It, it's it's easy, but not just that. Like, it's fun. It's fun to read them. It's fun. It's a good experience. It's thought-provoking in ways that you previously probably didn't appreciate. And it's fast. Yeah. What else is there?
2: I take a trip down memory lane. And it's you've also... All, you've all read this series before.
1: It's a guaranteed good read, too.
2: Goodreads.com.
1: Good... <laughs> that's that's like something that is very valuable to know that you'll like it almost guaranteed
2: because you've read it before come on people (laughs) come on people listeners and to know
1: that it holds up too
2: yeah that that was fun to discover just how much it held up
1: yeah it would have been kind of sad to read it and then be like i it was even shallower than i expected and i hated
2: it yeah like i feel like if we were to you know if we were to reread i am number four (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know that would be
1: <laughs> i think we should do a twilight saga Jesus Christ. Um, episode. it would be a first
2: it'd be a first for me i know you loved the twilight books as a kid oh, so <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up a few i know
1: times. but like i also think sidebar Uh-oh. i think that twilight has more substance than the, the other series that now that's a harder that sell i know but i'm sorry vampire diaries you know that, that kind was before of, it okay well that kind of stuff house of night series like i think that twilight has some what was the one with substance. the
2: angel on the cover
1: oh hush, hush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so anyway that concludes um wait are we concluding yeah yeah but we'll have to pick our next one though
2: not Twilight.
1: Okay, that concludes our um, our episode about the Hunger Games trilogy. However, we're now going to decide on our next book, which I believe is Clara and the Sun okay, or, sure. or Heart of Darkness.
2: Okay, uh, it'll be one of those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, uh, tune in next week to see next what week. we pick
2: if you're lucky sorry
1: not next week
2: yeah if you're lucky next week for
1: us it'll probably be like four months it's uh, probably going to come out next year but these these podcast episodes are all probably going to come out at the same time
2: thrilling stuff okay bye